Blog Talk Radio. on Tuesday. I haven't been able to do as many as I want, but we are here and we have a variety of things to speak about here on the podcast. Obviously, we're going to recoup last recoup. Did I just say we're going to recoup? Well, kind of. We're going to recap the writer upset over Jacobs. Um, Some folks thought Jacobs did enough to get the W, um, you know, it was a tight fight. We'll get into that. Felix Cash also got, speaking of tight fights, that was a very tight fight with Felix Cash. Kind of a fun one there. Then we're going to preview the schedule, which is a little like this weekend. Obviously, Amir Khan and Kel Brook are the standouts there. Um, that's going to be on ESPN Plus in the States. Is that on normal is that is that that's on box office, right? That's pay per view, I believe, in uh, the UK. Somebody uh, contact me on that one. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's on on Sky Sports uh, box office, which is what we call pay per view here. Um, but it's on ESPN Plus here. Plus, Showbox has a card. The main event, I think, is interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely cover that stuff. Um, also, we have some breaking news. Uh, it's not 100%, but it, it seems like it's close. Let's put it that way. June 5th, Cambosis versus Lomachenko in Australia. The rumor is it's going to be on ESPN. Is that straight up ESPN on a Saturday night, which really would be June 4th um, in the States, because obviously it's on Australia. Or would that be ESPN Plus? I'm not quite sure on that. Um, On a Saturday night, the first Saturday in June, um, the NBA Finals, first of all, they don't really go on Saturdays, uh, generally speaking. They did in the COVID year, but they generally don't like to go on Saturdays. Um, But that's not on ESPN by that time. That's on ABC. So that would be dope if they could straight up Put it on ESPN. That would be phenomenal. Anyway, I know Devin Haney um, and Eddie Hearn are kind of on the outside looking in, but it's not official. Um, It does seem like Loma has signed his deal. Uh, It'd be a two-fight deal, 
which is no surprise there. Cambosis. So Lomachenko signed his his side and si- well signed off on it, right? Cambosis is still kind of mulling the options, but I'd assume he would do this. Who knows though? But like I said, I kind of always thought it would be Lomachenko or Devin Haney. We'll kind of uh, catch up some of that stuff uh, in the news, uh, you know, time frame. Um, since we last spoke, Jamal, I believe this didn't. Yeah, Jamal Charlo arrested and out on, on bail. It stems from something that happened quite a while ago, and it sounds like when it says family member, is that I don't I don't know who that is. I'm not sure. I, I haven't read the report fully. I don't know who this supposed fight was with um, or whatever, you know. Uh, the timing on it is a little funky, but there must have been, you know, there, there is some detail to that. We won't go too deep on that just because there's some stuff we don't know. Um, Ryan Garcia has a new trainer. He decided to step away from Eddie Renozo in the Canelo camp. And a little bit more follow-up, shouts out to the boxing voice and Ness out there, a little more follow-up when it comes to the offers that are, that are actually out there from, or well, for Canelo, I should say. Not from Canelo, but for Canelo. And we've known about the Bivol and Golovkin um, two-fight option from DAZN, Nettie Hearn, and and the way Coppinger spoke of that last week when we talked, uh, spoke of it like it's, it's almost a done deal. Because it, it, he said, you know, at the 11th hour, which means it's pretty much done, they could, you know, at the 11th hour, things could go wrong, and maybe they would go double back and, and, and try the one-fight Charlo deal. Well, we do have a little bit more information from David Benavidez's promoter. Those who don't know, um, that's his promoter, not his manager. Let's let's clear that up. First of all, technically by law, you can't be a promoter and a manager of one fighter. That actually breaks the Ali Act. Uh, you should try to look that up. But a lot of a lot of debate. I, I I didn't get involved, or at least I didn't think I got involved. But uh, I guess it was something I said about that in the past? I don't know, but I got a message today, and I saw this little Twitter spat um, going on about somebody saying, he's no, he's the manager. Um, like I said, I wasn't even tweeting. I just looked at it uh, you know, on Twitter, but I, I don't know. I got to go. I got to double back myself and see if it's that same person, but they, I think it was Deuce that he was going back and forth with, but I randomly got a message off of some show in the past. I don't even remember. Then they're talking about, no, he's the manager. No, he's the promoter. He even says it in the video where the comments are. You know what I mean? It's like people don't even take the time to to watch shit or read shit. I mean, if you don't want to read an article, at least you can watch. You just hit play and watch. It's pretty basic. Um, just like today, somebody um, – Somebody's like, oh, so Cambosis isn't even going to get his, the first fight in Australia. It's like, dude, did you read the article? That's in the first sentence. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. It says the fight's going to be in Australia at a stadium. You think they're going to fight in a stadium here with uh, Lomachenko and Cambosis here in, in the States? 
no, they're not. So it's just it's just kind of funny like that. But let me reiterate who we're talking about. The Boxing Boys, you know, got this interview, and they talked. To, the reason why this is brought up, I kind of got sidetracked there, is because Coppinger, and you know, you, you can only you, you take this news that comes up, and I'm not just pointing out Coppinger, but you just you put it in. It's like gumbo, right? You just keep adding stuff to it. You keep stirring it up and see what logically makes sense. Well, they were saying, well, there's only a one-fight deal. But then promoters said, actually, Benavides has also been offered, which it makes sense anyway because we all know there was a three-fight deal offered previous to Canelo from the PBC. That included Caleb Plant, um, Jermall Charlo, and David Benavides, a three-fight deal. So this isn't a big surprise. Um, and we don't even know if the exact number, because he said, well, well, it's actually more than that. It's $50 million that they're, they're looking to give uh, Canelo for, for that fight. But it's supposedly $45 million for Charlo, you know, so because, you know, that's what his promoter said. He said it's actually more than that. But we don't even know if that $45 million is the exact number. It could be the same amount for both fights. I don't know, but... That's why, like I said, you just you take these reports and you don't look at them as 100% fact. Once a fight is 100% announced, sure they gotta you know get in the ring. Injuries can happen, you know, in the last almost two years, uh, COVID can happen, right, and push stuff back and mess stuff up. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of interesting how that works, and I it always kind of I, I wondered why DAZN didn't you know, offer two fights, basically because they didn't really have attractive enough fights that they were willing to pay for. But in this scenario, that wasn't the case. You know, a biblical fight for a hardcore fight fan base is, is great. And then Golovkin, which is, gets you the casual fan base. Um, so, but remember, Eddie was the one saying, why would they, why would he want to do a two or three fight deal? You know, because he's a free agent, but he was the one offering. So it doesn't really matter. You know, like, I just kind of assumed that it wasn't just a one-fight deal. But you can't you can't just concrete say, well, this is it. And, and that goes for Benavidez's promoter, too, Samson. You can't just 100%. You know, did he mean in the, in the last go-round that it was offered? Or does he mean right now there's an offer in his lap right now? You can't 100% go off of what promoters or managers say as well either. But this one, like I said, then you start to bring in the logic to it. Logically, that does make sense. Like I said, since literally we already know there was a three-fight deal, two-fight deal, one-fight deal previously. So why wouldn't it be? Um, There is some other fight news and boxing news out there. Of course, we'll finish the show with a boxing Twitter segment. Um, One more thing. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, If this, we'll just get, we'll just get right into some of this stuff. If if this is your first time, though, listen to the Rope It Up Radio podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope It Up Radio. Um, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find the platform Rope It Open Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. It's out there. Okay, we're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast 
Network, which can be uh, – actually, why don't you head on over <laughs> to thegruelingtruth.com. Sorry, I'm doing a couple things at once. That's what I get, right? Um, one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as sixty nine ninety nine a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee. If you go all the way to the Premier package, that'll give you HBO Max and boxing fans. That'll also give you Showtime. That's already included. But on this platform, just so you know, Showtime is only $11. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Um, so we are going to start in the ring because, like I said, there's a lot of news there. It's not a done-done deal with Cambosis and Lomachenko. But the way they're talking about it and the way Coppinger and others, um, you know, are talking about this, you know, it, it seems pretty good. Um, so I will, here, sorry, someone's messaging me some stuff. Oh, God, it's already starting, huh? It's already starting. Anyway, okay, okay, this message is much better. Um, so we will, like I said, start in the ring, um, Danny Jacobs and John Ryder. You know, I don't know. This the, the first half of the fight took quite a while to get going. That was no surprise. We said last week how, you know, stylistically the matchup's not phenomenal. Um, Jacobs is kind of a tentative fighter in general. And considering how much pressure Ryder, um, well, not how much pressure he wants to put on you, but, like, his best work is on the inside. So considering that, he sure is tentative himself getting to the inside, right? Now, in the second half of this fight, it definitely opened up. So um, that was a positive. That was definitely a positive. And it was a competitive fight, okay? Um, I... Do you think, especially, you know, where where it was located? So obviously, if it's a if you know, if it's a tight fight, guess what? You know, no big surprise. Uh, you know, the the person in their hometown is probably going to get it, right? It's it's not a not a big secret when it comes to boxing. Uh, if it's a tight fight, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So um, that's kind of how I saw it as far as just you know, on the, uh, on the surface. Um, but I did shade towards Jacobs. You know, I did think he actually did barely, just barely enough to do it. Um, the first round I did think Jacobs, um, I don't know. He was kind of pushing with his jab a little bit. A few good right hands, not much to talk about. Um, the last part, Ryder did land something to the body. The second round, short shots, you know, when they were on the clinch to the head and body. A few decent right hands by Jacobs. So that that was a close round. There was, like, 
two or three close rounds, like swing rounds in this. I didn't give it to Ryder, but that was close. Definitely the third and fourth, and even the fifth, I gave to Jacobs. You know, the jab, several right hands. Like I said, he was working the head and body. He just landed better. Uh, but you could see by the, the that fifth and sixth round, more and more clinches, you know, were the case. That That's what was going on. And um, like the fifth round, that was not a whole lot happened, one and two. You could say, well, Jacob's close stronger. Yeah, you could. You could say that. That was why I actually gave him the round. Now, I also thought Ryder, you know, from the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and maybe even the ninth, but the sixth, seventh, and eighth, I had Ryder taking those rounds. Close rounds, though, no doubt about it. I think uh, some meaningful punches down the stretch of the seventh round, that's why I gave it to Ryder. Um and Ryder, I thought, was pretty dominant on the ins. Well, dominant, <laughs> kind of a weird, weird way to say dominant. Um, but he, he kind of dominated the action on the inside with uppercuts and hooks. Uh, that was Ryder, and he may have partially buzzed. I don't think he was hurt, hurt, but it did seem like. Um, I think it was that eighth round where he was kind of hurt. He looked kind of hurt. Um, Two-way round in the ninth, Ryder got off to a good start. I don't know. Jacobs did rally in that round, though, too. So is that good enough to give it to Jacobs or not? You know what I mean? Um, who knows? I gave. I thought the better shots were Jacobs, though, for sure, in the tenth. So like I said, there's two swing rounds right there, the second and the ninth. Um, but, you know, as much as I thought he, he – he looked better um, in the ninth than he had in the previous three rounds, Jacobs. He won the tenth, but then he, he kind of looked gassed uh, in the eleventh. Looked gassed to me. An overhand left landed really, really well. The hooks and crosses on the inside for Ryder. And then just a tad busier with his jab in the twelfth round. I mean, like I said, that, that was that type of fight where you didn't, you couldn't really for sure, like, I felt pretty confident about six, let's see, one, two, like seven to five, six, six, that would have been fine with me. Um, six, five, one, I think is actually, this is one of those where you could have a draw round in there. Um, so, I mean, like I said, one, two, three, four, yeah, I don't know. This was close. That's my point. Six, six, I would have been just fine with. Um I got to admit, I don't really see seven rounds for, for Ryder, though, like clean seven rounds. Um, but, yeah, 6-6, six, six, cool, 6-5-1 six, or 7-5 in favor of Jacobs. The scorecards did read 7-5, to five, uh, all three of them, one for Jacobs and two for Ryder. So and that's the thing. When you get in that close of a fight, guess what? You know, that, this, this type of stuff's going to happen. Um, I'll say this. Um, Jacobs did look better than his previous performances, especially his last fight, which was, what, about 14 or 15 months ago, something like that, with the Rosario. Um, I, 
it's funny because I did actually think 68 would fit Jacobs a little better. Whether he's just getting long in the tooth, um, I don't really know. I can't put my finger on it all the way. I think well, clearly he's a little faded, but I don't. I don't think he's like completely washed or anything like that or over the hill. Um, but he's creeping up that hill. Let's put it that way. And he didn't separate himself. And when you're on the road and you don't separate yourself, you lost. I can't really say it. You know, when people say he got robbed. Like I said, I thought Jacobs did win. I would have been okay with the draw, but this whole robbery thing when it was seven of five, all three cards, I just can't. I can't really subscribe to that. You know, and don't get me wrong. Like wherever you fight, shouldn't matter. You know, it shouldn't. But this isn't La La Land. This isn't Fantasy Island. This is the real world. And in the real world, when you fight on the road, it's like giving up a round or two. And he wasn't even, Ryder wasn't even a star or anything like that. Crowd, I did think it was kind of funny how Connor Ben was like, Jacobs has never been in a crowd like this, dude. Not with the Brits. Not like this. It's like, hey, he fought Golovkin in a sold-out Madison Square Garden. And he fought, oh, yeah, Canelo. So I don't know about that, Connor Ben. But anyway, um, but, you know, I'm not up here as this quote-unquote American boxing fan saying, oh, man, my, my guy Danny got screwed, you know. Um, that's not true either, you know. And if I look at someone who was hurt in the fight, I'd probably say Jacobs. Um, I don't know, you know what I mean? I did think both of them landed some good, clean shots throughout the fight. Like I said, it did take a little while to get going. But there's times where Jacobs, you know, uses jab really well to the body and all that, but other times it was more like a push jab. Um, in his right hand, it either lands really nice or it comes at a weird angle and it doesn't land fully. You see how many times? And it's not like Ryder was like, you know, Pernell Whitaker in his way out of danger a lot. You know what I mean? Like, obviously nobody's Pernell with the defense, but, you know, like, you can kind of tell, like, when he throws his right hand, there's just times where it came off weird and it wasn't landing properly. had kind of a strange angle on it. Um, but I thought he did enough to win the fight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what were the uh, – someone actually just sent me – they said um, – they sent me the – okay, they sent me the, the copy box. Said Danny got robbed. He threw more punches. Six fifty, okay, six fifty one compared to four forty eight, but one twenty three for Jacobs and Ryder, one thirty five. So, so it was Jacobs that out threw him six five six fifty one, almost by two hundred punches. But he didn't outland him, and he only landed nineteen percent compared to thirty percent. You know, he did work the body more. I'll say that thirty to eleven. Or my fault, thirty-one to eleven. But obviously, copy box is just a, a small part of it. Um, so when you say he threw a bunch more, or you know that that really doesn't line up to say, oh, okay, well he threw a lot. You know, um, I don't know. To me, it was it was just kind of a a slow fight that picked up, thank God, and, and, and was 
more competitive down the stretch. But I, for one, do not have a problem with Jacobs losing this fight just because it was very tight. And like I said, when you're on the road, that's going to happen. Now, Felix Cash also fought. I want to talk about that fight a little bit against Madiev, I think it is. Uh, Magomed, Magomed, uh, Madiev, Madiev. Um, oh boy, actually dropped Felix Cash in the second round. Um, it was a left hook. I'm pretty sure Cash was like, wasn't that like in exchange? He was about to throw his right hand. Um, dropped him pretty hard too. It was a big left hook. Um, but Cash did get up. <laughs> Obviously, he won the fight, but. He also made this little rally, you know, um, at the end of the round. He kind of brought it in to the third, landed some good combinations. Um, Madiev, you know, was working the body, landed uh, some overhand rights as well. Somewhere probably the fourth round to like the seventh or eighth, then Felix Cash was more in control. Um, He just... Like I said, he had control of the ring. He was landing better. Um, I thought he was starting to win the fight. You know what I mean? And then the tenth round, in the final round, kind of interesting. All of a sudden, Cash once again got dropped. This time, it was a right hand, and Cash looked gassed. He looked very, very tired. So much so he was holding. He got a point deducted. Um, in the scorecards, one of them read ninety-four, ninety-three, and the other two were 95-92, um, which, let's see, one, two, three. So, yeah, I mean, that would be, because he got a point, point. Yeah, I mean, that, put it that way. Um, that's one where I was kind of watching, taking some notes. Um, but, yeah, I actually didn't score round by round. I was just kind of taking some notes, um, you know knockdowns in the second and tenth. And then, like I said, the mid-rounds, mid I, I did see Felix Cash, um, you know, winning a lot of those rounds. So um, it, was a, it, it was a good fight, though, very good fight. Um, you know, some people are saying, you know, the, those knockdowns and, and the point deduction, that should have been enough. I mean, obviously, one, one scorecard had it, 94-96. So, I mean... Or, I'm sorry, 94-93. So, you know, that that's saying something. That should be 97-93. But, um, and the other one, obviously, 98-92 uh, without a three-point deduction. So, you know, I guess if you gave, you know, you don't have to give him that many rounds, uh, Madiev, if, um, you know, off the knockdowns in the holding, but... Some people are – someone actually just messaged me they want a, re, or a rematch. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I can't give you my exact score because I, I didn't – it was one of those fights that – that was, go, was right before I was leaving to go to work. That shit was on, and I was just kind of watching it, doing stuff, watching it, taking little notes and stuff like that. Um, but it definitely was fun to watch. You know what I mean? It was, it was definitely good – good fight to watch interesting that's for sure um so yeah i mean those are the two fights i know that i think it was that heavyweight fisher went the distance i, I saw a good chunk of that i saw some of that woman's fight 
that looked like it was that was where I was really in and out. That is jumping out of the shower, kind of coming in, kind of coming out on that one and switching in between rounds a couple times to watch the last part of a college basketball game too. Um, but, you know, I know, you know, Eddie Hearn was talking about, you know, if Canelo wants to come to the UK, you know, he can fight John Ryder. Um, and where does Daniel Jacobs go from here? It's tough, man. I'm not totally sure. I mean, a fair amount of people did think he won. So in the back of your head, sure, you know, on his ledger, when you when you look him up, it's going to say he lost this fight. And like I said, I'm not having some major – I didn't have him, you know, winning 9-3 uh, to three or something like that. So I, I could understand what some people were saying. Like I said, I thought there were two, maybe three swing rounds. So it is what it is, but – I don't know. It's kind of funny because even going into this fight, and this is just classic Eddie Hearn. He, you know, he has Andre coming up to 168, right? And you notice he was already trying to get Benavides. Like Andre has a fight, Benavides has a fight. We know that, right? Well, technically, they still got to work stuff out um, in that other one. Whereas they're kind of just. And the Andre fight, I should say, at 168, he's trying to move up to WBO. WBO. We've talked about this already, uh, you know, to try to become the mandatory. And at the same time, we know that the contracts are already signed for the Lemieux Benavides. It's just a matter of PBC got the Canelo fight with Charlo or whatever, Benavides or whatever, I guess Charlo, um, which isn't out of the realm, just so you know. Um, I know a lot of people from his recent arrest that there's no way. Well, maybe, but maybe not. You know what I mean? We've seen, uh, I think someone, I saw someone, I think it was, I forgot who, I think I took a screenshot of the uh, tweet. I forgot who tweeted it, though. But they were saying, you know, just look at Kovalev. Kovalev was, had, you know, open court cases, and, and he fought Canelo as well. So, and that, that's true. Um, and we've seen it a bunch of times in boxing, but you know, we're fresh off Roley getting kicked off, you know, a Showtime card on the B side. So that's why I think that's fresh in our head, you know, but the funny thing was is so for, and of course you're not going to say, well, Jacobs is going to get through Ryder because you know, you're, you're also, you know, promoting Ryder and he, you know, he's UK based and you've had him for a little while and all that. But to me, it was real funny how I never heard him say once, well, if Jacobs gets through Ryder, him and Andre could fight. I mean, they didn't talk about Andre and Jacobs at 160 ever, really. But it is kind of funny. They get him up to 168. Theoretically, they're going to anyway, Andre. And the first thing they do is, oh, let's call out this TBC fighter. Well, that's cool, and I'd like, and Benavides says I'm ready to take this fight, now this promoter said something else. <laughs> um, but he didn't even mention, oh, you know, and the, the winner of Jacobs Ryder could get an Andre fight. If Jacobs, that could be a big fight in the East Coast, Jacob. He never mentioned any of that. He just never mentioned it. You know, it's just, it's so funny how the press doesn't back that up and be like, hey, well, what about this, you know? Even though Andre will literally say that to them. And most of that is the broadcast team, too. But that's Eddie Hearn as well. It's just kind of funny. So 
my point is Jacobs still has options, but they're dwindling. Let's put it that way. Um, I did hear, hear Eddie Hearn and Jacobs talk about Canelo part two, but when you watched that fight, what was that? 2019 May. Did you really think, man, I think Jacobs should get the rematch. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think he even won that many rounds. I didn't have it, um, close to a draw or anything like that. Um, Nine three eight to four. I'd say personally, it was eight to four tops. I didn't even think it was eight to four. I, I would favor nine to three. I think that was my scorecard. But either way, I didn't leave that fight going, man. That should be a rematch. In fact, if you look at Golovkin against Jacob, you can make more of an argument that that should have had a rematch because that was more competitive in my mind. In my mind, anyway, my scorecard. I thought that was more like a 7-5. Um, but that's that's just me. Um, so, yeah, he, he has options. At 168, though, and I hate to blame it on the weight, but he hasn't looked good since he's been up there. Now, going back to 160, is that going to be great? I, I can't say that it would either because, you know, he hasn't fought there since, what, that Canelo fight? Yeah, because he fought Chavez. And just a whatever type fight. And then he, you know, obviously fought uh, Gabe where he looked horrible. So, and he didn't look as bad. I'll give him that. Back with his, you know, trainer and all that. But I don't know, man. I'm not sure about James. I really don't know. I don't know if, I don't know. It just seems like his motivation to fight for a whole fight, it just doesn't. It's just not there. And he's never, you know, he was never like a super, super high-volume guy, per se. And he had flaws in his game. But, I mean, he did almost throw, well, I was going to say 700. What was it, like 655? But, I don't know. Ryder, not Ryder, but Jacobs, is he's a little just too basic. That's the problem with him. His defense isn't great. He does get caught. Uh, especially with crosses and hooks. But anyway, there are plenty of options for him, really, if you, if you really, when push comes to shove, there there is options out there. Um, and it's always a good veteran win. And then Ryder, you know, I mean, I may not have thought he won the fight or it was a draw or something like that, but, you know, big shots out to him. Like, that's a good win. He did, uh, at times, land the more effective punches. Uh, he was getting the best of them on the inside. That's the thing. Jacobs really doesn't fight on the inside that well. Don't get me wrong. It's not like Ryder was showing just this ability and craft on the inside like it was really economical and all that. I mean, to an extent it was, but, you know, I thought it was a good performance by Ryder, though, especially in the second half once he, you know, once he mucked it up. He needed to muck it up. That's what he needed to do the whole time. You know, and that's when he had his success. He really did. So, um, but like I said, the second half of that fight was much better. We do have uh, a variety of, of news that we'll get to in a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and bring in John here in just a second. Like I said, that Cambosa's Loma stuff, um, a little bit of that Benavidez, um, Canelo stuff. You know, we were under the impression 
based off Coppinger's reports that it was just a one fight deal. Well, it is a two fight deal on the zone. Eddie Hearn has said that on the zone side. He has confirmed that part. But even Eddie Hearn said, Well, hold on, dude. Like I was even talking to Coppinger, like, no, we're not we're not close. You know, this is all up to Canelo and whatever the hell he wants, you know. And, and Canelo's in that power position, like Manny and like Floyd, when they would sometimes, what is it, uh, February 15th? Happy Valentine's yesterday, by the way. You know, we're less than three months away from Cinco de Mayo, which up here in Minnesota, oh, they, but um, this February is starting to, starting to wear me down a little bit. But uh, it's, you know, it's like, hey, you better stay in camp. You know, you better have a different fight lined up and just start your camp for somebody. You know what I mean? Um, because you got to be ready because you may get it. And then all of a sudden, what, you're going to now all of a sudden get in the camp? Nah, uh-uh, you got to be ready. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with Jamar Charlo. We'll go through some of that, uh, some of the, you know, some of the information we do have. He is due back in court. So that'll be, to, you know, either, you know, some sort of plea, whether it's guilty or not guilty or whatever. Um, and then they obviously have to, set a date for the trial if in fact it does go so that 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 stuff takes a while if there's one thing we know is in in boxing trials that you just don't know what the hell is going to happen on this one Uh, but there is a variety of other news like ryan garcia leaving his trainer for a new trainer um yeah and all that good stuff and we will get to amir khan versus kel brook a little too late on that one huh little too late, but, you know, it is what it is. I did watch uh, The Gloves Are Off, and it was – there were some times where you're like, oh, boy, this is kind of stupid. But there was also times where it was like, yeah, these guys just don't like each other. You know what I mean? There was some pretty funny stuff. I thought overall it was it was pretty funny. And that might be the best part of the fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of this talk. I don't know. Um, maybe it's like the, uh, like the Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran three, or, or, you know, like they, they slow down both so much that it's still, it's going to be a good fight. You know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Both of them have said some stuff that just kind of makes you shake your head and laugh. Uh, I have this quote from Amir Khan talking about chins and it's like, well, I'm not quite sure if you're in the best position to be talking about a chin. Um, And, you know, what was that? Already uh, a year and change ago, um, was that October? November, November 2020, when Kell Brook did actually win the early part, and we're talking early, the early part, he, he actually did put some good jabs together and whatnot against um, Terrence Bud Crawford, and then, you know, it was a wrap <laughs> real quick. Like, and the way he reacted to those punches, you know, it's kind of funky because it's not chinny in the way you think of, oh, my God, he's completely done, dealt the way Amir Khan gets chinned. But it clearly, his battle back, his fighting spirit, whether that's his chin or not, it did seem like, whoa, oh, that was it, huh? Wow, okay, you're done. 
you know, it did kind of seem like a money grab. And, and is this a money grab for both of them? To an extent, yeah, of course. I mean, we're going to find out. But, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it. I'm just glad that it's on ESPN Plus and I already have ESPN Plus. So I'll say that. There is also a show box that will kind of breeze by as well. Okay, let's bring in a great mind, John, here to the fold and see what's going on with John. What's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? Long time, no talk. Hey, Chris. Great to be here as always. Uh, just enjoyed listening to your recap of uh, last weekend and you're previewing some of the other news quite a bit coming out in the last couple of days that we can talk about but uh yeah i did get a full look at the card from the uk on saturday so uh you know have some have some thoughts on that Uh, that was our main card of uh last weekend of course yeah, it's kind of funky how it's worked like right in the middle of February that weekend or last weekend and now this weekend, pretty light. And it's funny, like about seven, eight years ago, we'd be like, well, this is this is the schedule. What do you mean it's light? It's not light at all. They're boxing on, you know what I mean? Um, but but uh, we'll get to some of the other stuff going on. Like you said, there is a lot of news out there in so many for, for variety of ways, but Let's stick to in the ring like we do, you know, like to do here at the Rope Dope Radio Podcast. Let's start with Danny Jacobs um, losing on the road to John Ryder. What did you think of the fight? It did take quite a while. It never really completely popped off, but the, the pace and the, the amount of solid lands improved as the fight went on because it was sloppy and and clinchy there for a, for a while. What did you think overall? And, and did you think did you think he got robbed or not? Because you know we hear that word so often, um, especially with those scorecards. It's like, well, those are pretty tight scorecards. But anyway, I'll let you talk. What? Uh, how'd you see that one playing out in the ring? And then uh, wh- who do you think uh, walked away with that? Well, I I definitely thought Jacobs won the fight. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd go to robbery because I've seen worse decisions, much more outrageous ones. I won't go down as a great fight, but considering both fighters are low-volume guys, I thought the fight was slightly better than I expected. Yeah, I would go that far. I mean, uh, I wasn't expecting much because they're both low-volume, and it wasn't a war or anything like that or a high-volume fight, but it was – competitive and it was a little bit better than I thought in terms of uh, at least trying to throw punches. I I thought it had the potential to be a real stinker like that. It wasn't a great fight, but wasn't terrible. Uh, You know, I thought like most did that that Jacobs got off to a quick start. And then I believe I did see you tweet that Chris. I agreed with that, that part of your assessment that I thought, in the middle rounds, Jacobs just got gassed a little bit. The round that you referred to, you know, where he looked like he might be a little bit hurt, he might have just been more out of gas than anything. Um, sure. I thought, you know, that was by far Ryder's most, you know, best round of the fight. He was pretty effective. And I don't – a lot of people think I mean this in a good way, but I thought Ryder's performance against Callum Smith was a little bit overrated. And I thought this was a real similar performance. And, you know, why, why I say that, I, I thought in the Callum Smith fight, I thought Ryder really 
just had two good rounds the last two, but didn't do anything all that much special before the fight. And I thought, you know, Smith was edging a lot of those rounds, but he did look kind of good in the last two where he opened up a little bit. He went for it a little bit. He did that with in that one round with Jacobs where he looked a bit hurt. So we've Ryder, you know, Ryder to me, he, he almost kind of like BSs people with the way he fights. He, he moves forward. I agree with that. And I'm a guy that usually likes the effective aggressor more. I've said that before, you know, Chris, when we've talked, I feel like to have a sport, you've got to right. plant towards the aggressor because if if you have fights and it's prize fighting and it's for fans' entertainment ultimately because that's where they make the money from, you know, if the fights aren't entertaining, nobody's going to watch, nobody's going to pay. So you have to you have to encourage the fighters or at least one fighter who's willing to, to make the fight and make fights more entertaining. So, you know, Ryder does always move forward. I'll give him that. But what I mean with kind of the, the BS is, and, you know, you saw the fight, anybody that's watched the guy fight, you'll see this. He, he, he moves forward, doesn't do that much. Then, then he grabs and, you know, he'll maybe move one hand a little bit or something like that. And, he, he moves in defensively. You know, he's not reckless, even though he moves forward. You know, he's usually got his guard up and de- decent defensively, and he doesn't throw that many punches. So, you know, you know a lot of people, I think it, it looks like he's making the, the fight when he's moving forward, but he really doesn't do that much. And I thought, certainly in the first half of the fight with Jacobs, that's what I saw again, you know, a moving forward rider, but who just got there and grabbed and really didn't do that much. And Jacobs was working the jab, you know, working in some right hands, working some other shots. I agreed with your assessment. Um, it looks, the power is the last to go, but in recent Daniel Jacobs fights, and I'm with you, I don't think it's just because he's fighting at 168 pounds. I think that stuff gets overrated. I, I just think it's age with him. He's starting to lose it where I, I don't see the snap. Like, even when he fought Golovkin, even though he didn't drop Golovkin or anything, you know, he was landing combinations. You could see glove when Golovkin fell. You know, he blew out Quillen, you know, Sergio Mora, you know, when he when he rematched him. And first time, you know, Mora had always had a good chin, and he, he put hurt on him. Uh, we're, not, we're not seeing that from him anymore, and we didn't see it against Ryder. You know, he, he didn't land – you know, he, the shots he landed flush, they weren't really bothering Ryder all that much. Um, but I thought he was more effective, got gassed in the middle like you saw. But then I thought, really, were, to me, there was – I don't see any argument for Ryder winning the fight. I, I think if you want to stretch it, you can give him a draw. And I always then – Sure. I'll be it's hard to get a lot of seven. Time. There's really yeah, not seven I'll, rounds there for him. That's what I mean. Like, and I'll be the first to say, well, how can you say – it was a draw and then not say he won seven. I just think in this one, it was a stretch to get to six for him, a big, big stretch. I can't see sure. getting to seven for him because Jacobs clearly won the 12th. I mean, one judge apparently gave Ryder the 12th and I don't think it's, and I'm going to say it. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's conspiracy or anything like that. I think people that pointed out this are right. I mean, look, the, the American judge scored it for Ryder. The British judge scored it for Jacobs. I'm going to say even on this one, even though I thought Jacobs clearly won. I mean, no, no conspiracy or anything, just a subjective sport. But I didn't see the case for Ryder getting seven rounds on this one, uh, especially with Jacobs to me. And I think everybody else except the the one judge who, you know, that was the American judge too, I believe, 
uh, giving Ryder the 12th. I mean, I, I, I can't see it. I mean, there's just no way. So Jacobs gritted it out in the 12th. I thought clearly won the round, opened it up. Now, remember, on, on CompuBox, I just like it for these purposes, not really who won the fight, but for some other purposes. Like, Jacobs and Ryder were low-volume guys, you know, for for the divisions they fought in, you know, middleweight and 168. So, CompuBox, that's kind of where the stats don't lie in terms of throwing. So, you know, they, they both came in as low-volume, and I thought, you know, Jacobs kind of shook himself out of that in the 12th. Uh, it, you know, I thought there wasn't a case for Ryder winning the fight. I wasn't absolutely shocked it came out like it did. You know, I think maybe you got to go back to one of those old school theories with something like this because I don't think it was a conspiracy thing. Um, they were fighting in the UK, and you know, you can hear that when you watch. Uh, the crowd reacts, you know, when Ryder does something. I mean, it, it can. You know, judges, of course, are taught to, you know, try to ignore those types of things and, and try to be aware. But, hey, you're, you're human, and, you know, you, I could see where, you know, maybe a judge is, is thinking they might be getting it horribly wrong if, if you know, they hear all that cheering for, for Ryder whenever he does anything and, and, and they're not giving him rounds. Uh, that That's the old explanation for a lot of that. That's not a conspiracy theory thing, and it might might be as good as any for a fight like this. Because I just I just didn't think Ryder Ryder won it. I'm with you. Then you look. Well, where do both guys go from here? You know, you, you get Hearn, then trying to trying to push. You, you know, all of a sudden a, a Ryder Canelo, and I, I think he very well might be furious about it because if Canelo wants to have a UK fight, then you know may, maybe that's Hearn her figures. Well, we'll, we'll I'll get Ryder a payday, and. Uh, you know, th- th- throw him out there, and I don't expect him to win. But if he gets lucky or something, then I'll then I'll have another seller. You, you know, you see, and and look, PBC had done that like here and there, like when they had John Molina fight Crawford, Diaz fight Crawford. You know, Hearn, yeah, Hearn yeah. seems to, Hearn seems to do that too. Like like in other words, there seems to be something with him. Like you know, he takes a guy who maybe is is one of his lesser guys in terms of the way he perceives it with marketability. And, and he, he just picks these guys on the other side of the street then and starts saying, Hey, you know, this guy's got to fight. This guy's got to fight them. You know, like he used to do with white with Wilder all the time. And then he switched to fury, you know, I mean, it's like now, you know, it's like Ryder was going to have to fight Vivall And now all of a sudden he's got to fight Canelo, you know, I mean, now, you know, Hearn's been working some with Canelo and, and he's been working with Bivol, but he said himself he doesn't he doesn't like to have I mean he, he admits it. For whatever reason he doesn't he doesn't like to have his own guys fight each other. You know, he prefers his own big guys not to fight each other. So that's just getting where we go from here. A lot of people saying Jacobs should retire. Wouldn't be a bad idea, he's thirty five. Um, you know, the pop seems to be going and he's a low volume fighter. Um, but I'm with you, and you know, if you really just look on the performance, it's a fight he could have gotten the decision. 168 is not as strong as a division overall, uh, so you can't really say competitively in that division he needs to hang him up. It just seems like it probably wouldn't be a bad idea, uh, you know, at this point before he starts taking more punishment. 
Uh, he's already got the great story with the, you know, surviving cancer and, you know, having to have the surgery and things like that. It, it, it seems like, you know, he's gotten the Canelo payday, you know, that that's too, like he has won the Canelo sweepstakes. Like all these guys are trying to win it once in their career. He's already won it once. Uh, that, that's good money to, you know, take away from the sport with your health. So he can do what he wants. We always have to come to that conclusion, but retirement wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm with you. If you just look at the competitive factor, a fight he could have gotten the decision in the other fighter's home country, didn't get beat up or anything like that, thin division. You can't really competitively say he should retire, but at age 35 uh, with the big fights that he has been able to get into, specifically Canelo, and he's also had Golovkin, might, might not be a bad idea to call it a day. For Ryder, you know, if, if, if Canelo is going to do a U.K. fight, I mean, I'm sure Hearn will, will try to sell it. Otherwise, you know, he's not going to make that kind of money, and he's, he's probably going to pick up a loss. I mean, even though some people thought he beat Smith, I didn't, and I didn't think he won this fight either. Uh, but then you know he got the official win. People are going to be saying he, sh- you know, he, he should be in with other tougher opponents if it's not Canelo, and that I don't think that's going to work out well for him. So uh, I, I think Hearn's going to have to, which Hearn already knows this. What about Andre? Why can't Andre go to the UK? Is that not a big enough fight for Andre? It's good for Jacob stuff. Yeah, I mean, with Andre, (laughs) the thing that I tweeted out this week and I think does make sense is, and I'd like to hear Hearn's answer, Um, you know, Andre, whether contrived or not, I mean, he went went viral when he crashed Canelo's press conference, and Canelo Canelo memes, which were hilarious, are still (laughs) flooding flooding the internet and Twitter since. Oh, yeah. they're in comments you know, all the time is, now. Yeah, Andre's an American who had a big amateur career. I mean, he certainly. I mean, I don't even think this is in dispute. It's not in dispute. I mean, he's certainly. I, I accept the argument from some that maybe Bivol is the more competitive opponent, um, more dangerous opponent, even sure. though he's very boring. And, and you know, Andre's been boring too at times, of course, but. Uh, Andre's the bigger sell, and he's close enough competition-wise to Canelo as Bivol would be. That you know, why isn't Hearn saying let's let's make Canelo Andre in, in this two-fight deal and sell that you know in the United States? I mean, Bivol's not the right. real light heavyweight champ. You know, every, everybody that recognizes Lineal recognizes Vitor Biev. Now, he's with top rank, of course, but, I mean, in other words, it's not like a Canelo true history fight that he's got to fight. Vival's a tough opponent, but that he's got to fight him, you know, to pick up the lineal light heavy title or something like that. I mean, it's just a guy with a light heavyweight belt who's, you know, ranked at the top of the division if you recognize one champ and Peter B. as the champ. So, it's, you know, it's a tough opponent. There's no argument about that, but, and certainly we're going to watch it, but in terms of marketing or history or something like that, it's not a must. It's just not a must fight for Canelo. That's that's Hearn's that's Hearn's marketing stuff again. You know, it's, it's not a fight anybody's like looking for. Uh, and, and Andre would be much more marketable. So I don't see why he wouldn't be in that spot uh, instead of Bivol. 
Now, we can all understand. I mean, some people don't want it. I've always thought it would be good to see it for a third time. I'm okay with Canelo Golovkin, but like I've also tweeted out and just for my position on that, I don't see why we would have to wait on that for, you know, well, Golovkin's got to beat Murata and Canelo's got to beat Bivol. Why? You know, why? Golovkin's going to be 40 years old. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, I don't blame Canelo for not wanting to give the guy another payday and making him wait like a lot of people. But, but again, I don't, I don't need to wait till September for those two guys to fight again. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, do it. I mean, that's, that's where this Hearn offer doesn't make sense. And, and of course, as you already pointed out, and you know, Mike Coppinger's, he, he is the guy tossing out the breaking news, whether it's going to prove to be accurate or not. But you saw me and Mike debating that a little bit after he put that out there. I mean, Right. Mike's right where he said we say it was done, but I think we, we can say fairly. He mentioned the eleventh hour, you know. Yeah. Well, you say the eleventh hour, that pretty much says you think it's done, you know. Bingo. That's what I'm saying, Chris. I'm all I'm, I'm saying is we know what the we know what the implication was. Now, as a lawyer, lawyers have to deal with that all the time. The pros and cons right. of it. That's the law. Like you have to read things like that. So. I'm, I'm not going to disrespect Mike for being real technical with the words. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't say specifically the deal is done, he, but the implication was pretty clear that you right. know this was this two fight deal that Hearn had had come to with Canelo, and Mike says he knows it's. The, I mean, and that could turn out to be true. That's the thing you don't know. So yeah. we're waiting. Sure. I mean, if, if if Mike's accurate on that one, good, good for him. Then that deal will be done, but it still hasn't been announced yet, so we'll wait and see. Um, I felt like the Charlo deal was still in it. It is worth bringing up the for a moment probably the, the Charlo legal situation. Um, and I, I did tweet out about it, and I, I kind of want to clarify. I'm just trying to make a point. You know, Charlo hasn't been convicted of anything yet in this, but he has been charged Um, when it comes to sexual assault issues, sexual harassment, Me Too. I'm all in favor uh, of the the whole movement and things that that does tie into what I do with the law as well. But with that said, still, we we still have a legal system where I'm saying, like, look, you know, they took Loli Romero out. That was also showtime. okay? and He didn't end up. He, he didn't end up even being charged. They investigated and wasn't charged. Now I I get all that. I mean, but what I my point what I was trying to get people to think about is, you know, boxing's not the NFL or MLB. It, it's it's not a league. The conclusion I came to some years ago with boxing because it's not organized like that. Okay, there's no apparatus. Is that boxing probably? And let's face it, you got a lot of just the nature of the sport is violent. You got a lot of rough characters in boxing. My implication kind of is in boxing being a different kind of a system like that, that unless it has to do with an in the ring thing, like Pulev, when he you know, really, that was a sexual assault on, that, on, on the, the woman who was the reporter, that was right after a fight. So the athletic commission in California really could come in and say, well, you know, that, that was, that was under our purview, you know, that, that was within our jurisdiction, what they didn't do a suspension. So that's a little different. Right. And it was on film. What what I'm saying is boxing though, not being a league or anything, 
probably in boxing the standard should be if you're not convicted, and, and I'm actually serious about this, you know, if you're not convicted and you're not in jail and the law is not preventing you from fighting, you should probably be allowed to fight, okay? Just because boxing and, and you know, you've got all different countries and, and involved and, and you've got no league and all the all different athletic commissions, that, unless it's an in-the-ring thing, you know, uh, you know, within the jurisdictions of the state athletic commission. Um, that's kind of what I came to the conclusion of just because it's boxing. Now, I'm not saying I would hold the same standard in, with the NFL or MLB or, or maybe other <laughs> forms of entertainment, but I just think the world of boxing, that, that maybe with all these things you're dealing with and all these characters, that overall that's kind of the way you got to do it. Now, Showtime, I just wanted to point out, Showtime didn't do it that way with Romero. A lot right. of people cheered that on. A lot of people cheered that on. And now they're saying, with Jamar Charlo's charge, oh, oh, he, he's charged, but he hasn't been convicted of anything, which is true. But Raleigh Romero never got charged with anything when it when it was investigated. Right. The charge it was found there was not enough evidence to bring charges against him, and he wasn't allowed to fight. Now, again, it's still going to probably end up being up to individual promoters and networks what they want to do. And then some people say, well, it's sexual assault. You know, this is assault, but we don't we don't know exactly. I mean, we're dealing with boxers. I mean, it's not hyperbole to say they could kill you with one punch. So, I'm I'm just saying. I'm not saying right. Charles did it. I'm just saying that. You know, I'm I'm kind of just challenging people. They better think about what the standard's going to be. In other words, you know, is it going to be that you just get taken out of fights? accused of some criminal conduct or you know is it going to be maybe maybe because of the nature of boxing uh you're, we're going to have to wait and see if somebody and, and you know look somebody could be convicted and if they're allowed to have a boxing license and they're not in prison i mean again this is the world of, of boxing is a violent sport i mean should in this sport should they not be allowed to fight i mean these, sure, these are questions right. people, i'm just saying People gotta people gotta come up in their mind with what the standards gonna be with boxing because boxing is the wild wild west of sports. Sometimes that's the charm of it, but then sometimes that can be the bad part. So I'm just kind of challenging people, kind of kind of figure out what what this what, what the standards gonna be and be consistent. That's all. That's a very good point, and I found that tweet. This was by uh, Jake Donovan. He said, "This is about you know comparing." The scenario uh, for, for Jamal Charlo, he said, Sergey Kovalev was arrested in June 2018 on a felony assault and fought four times while, you know, while up on those charges. Among them right. was a November 2019 lucrative fight with Canelo, also innocent until proven guilty. So you're right. I mean, and also the timing on this stuff. You know, you got to think of a variety of stuff, and, and you, what you don't want to do is sit there and blame the fighter right away. Like, oh, not blame—that's a dumb word. But like, say, oh, he did it; he must have done it. Well, we don't know exactly for sure everything that happened. We don't want to sit there and say, oh, this is bullshit. It's probably a chumped-up charge looking for a settlement. We don't want to say that that person say either, right? Now, do we see both of that? Sure, but. The t- sometimes the the timing on stuff is really funky where you're like, huh, 
let's wait right. and see how this works out because it's a family member or a household member that happened last year, this thing, and there's now enough evidence that it got before a grand jury and they were able to arrest them off it. But the, like I said, the timing, had they been investigating this whole time, is it, you know what I mean? It, it, there, there's sometimes where timing plays a part, especially if it's a personal thing. And then all of a sudden, to your point about knocking, you know, fighters off of stuff, off of these cards, if they haven't been proven guilty yet, it's kind of like, well, shit, they, you know, you could, you could do that at any time. Someone could fake something and just, oh, and, and, oh we got to take them off, even though there's no charges or they drop the charges or, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I definitely yeah. don't want to keep going with the blame the victim thing either. That has to stop in our society. Yeah. But we also can't act like sometimes the victim is not as big as victim is, is, is it what it says in the police report once you get the evidence. So, right. um, well, but well, to right. your and point, you're right. I mean, yeah. And, and that's the hard part about it is like with sexual assault and sexual harassment. I, I do believe yep. that we start out with the presumption of the women being believed. And I right. think it can even go farther with even maybe in this Charlo family member situation. We don't know the details yet, but I mean, it's actually, right. and, and you had it in the Supreme Court situation. We can go there with Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, it, it's not unreasonable that a victim could yeah. see a boxer or somebody that they look at as privileged, a judge about to get a higher position yes. or a boxer about to get a big yes. payday, and that triggers them, uh-huh. not because they're making it up, but just because that they feel like it's unjust. So I, I get that, but this is what it's tricky, and it's what you said, I think, where I think for boxing, maybe the standard just that would be easiest would be, and, and maybe fairest, for again, for again, with boxing being the wild, wild west, especially, and, and some of the characters you've got involved in it, that it should, in boxing, maybe just be, we let the legal system play out. And, you know, if, if for right. example, here would be your most extreme, well, we 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 do have an an extreme example of this in recent years. We had Kurt Seedy, um got charged under RICO, yes. all these kind of organized crimes and cases. real deal got, charged too. <laughs> right, but here's my point. Like in other words, Kurt Seedy can't fight because he got convicted and put in jail. So there there are no right. questions. Yeah. In other words, he went through the legal system. Mm-hmm. He got convicted. He's in jail. He's out. So. Like, you know, if a fighter got put in jail for a year, you know, they they would that year their career would be gone. Um, I mean, again, I'm not saying that should be the standard for the NFL, uh, MLB, NBA sports that have leagues, NCAA. They're all more organized, you know, than boxing. But but maybe for boxing, it should just be let the legal system, you know, run it run its run its course. Um, you know, Kovalev, we know, settled settled the case. He was behind on payments. I mean, you know, there were the criminal charges. He was allowed to fight. But then, again, there, there were people that with, with Romero, when you had the accusation, yeah. every, there, there were some of these same people who said he should not be allowed to fight. Yay. Don't let him fight. And I, I, I shouldn't say, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish, you know, again, the, you know, the victim's, Really, they should be believed, but you know it was just 
recently that it was then announced by the prosecutor's office there are not going to be any charges against Ribeiro. So, you know, they, they don't feel and, – and that I know that legally. That's when they don't feel there's enough to get a conviction. So whatever was there, they don't feel it was enough to convict. Yeah, it doesn't Wally mean Romero. he didn't do anything. We don't know, right? Right. right. We, we, we really don't know for a fact that way. Right. But, but there were people who were saying, well – you know, Kovalev was allowed to fight, and then, you know, so Charlo we shouldn't worry about. Right. But then they were saying, Romero, no, he can't, he should be out. Right. What's the standard? What's, I'm saying, what's the standard, people? Get a, whatever your standard's going to be, articulate it and get it figured out. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what'd you think of that Felix uh, Cash? Uh, fight with uh, Madiev or whatever the hell that guy's name is. And also, um, is there any other, because uh, wasn't there a heavyweight Fisher? I saw some rounds of him. He went full rounds. Uh, he hadn't done that before. Any other items from that zone card that you want to cover, John? Yeah, I do, do want to talk about those. Now, Cash, you know, he had entered Transnational's top 10 at 10 at middleweight. You know, some people thought he shouldn't be in there. Some did. And and some people were talking about him a big up-and-comer. I think that we do have to break this one down. It ended up being an entertaining fight. But, like, uh, my take on this afterward was some people were trying to stretch and say, well, Madiev, there was an argument for him winning. No. I, I mean, even with Cash getting dropped twice, getting a point taken away, you got to be fair. You score by rounds. That's, that's the way boxing works. You've got a 10-point must system. Even with the two 10-8 rounds for the knockdowns, which I gave Medea, and then point taken away from cash, just wasn't enough. But people shouldn't be confused. You know, Medea only had two KO. He only had four KOs in all his fights. He's not. He wasn't a puncher at all going in. Had two draws. And, you know, cash, you could see in the ring, was much physically bigger. And you know, Medeev was, was putting hurt on cash, you know, the two, the two knockdowns. And then, uh, you know, he, he, he obviously had him, had him in trouble. Cash bounced back, but cash was not hurting Medeev. Uh, I, I just, I just thought I termed it as cash clearly deserved the decision, but he lost, he lost the fight. And what I meant by that was, you know, this guy was, yeah, that's a good way really, to put it. Yeah. Some people had really jumped on this guy's bandwagon, some people who were knowledgeable before this fight. And, you know, hey, it happens. Sometimes you're wrong. But to me, this was one of those. Like, I saw a couple, not not the majority, I wouldn't say, but, you know, maybe off of the Brits saying, well, this was a good learning experience for him. No, no, not when you're – sometimes you just get exposed. You know, sometimes it's a good learning experience where it's an opponent that really brings something to the table, maybe a big puncher or something like that, a really, really tough veteran who comes to fight who has a little pop or something or is extremely tricky or something like that. You know, this wasn't that. And this guy hadn't shown any pop in his earlier fights, and he's got cash in trouble right off the bat. And then he hurts him. Then, then to show it wasn't a fluke, he hurts him again, <laughs> you know, at the end of the fight. Right. And, and, you know, I just thought, you know, it, to me, this was one where, and it happened. This was just one 
sometimes it's a learning experience. Sometimes the guy just gets exposed. And this guy just got exposed because this wasn't that big of a step up. I mean, this, this guy was not a top 10 contender. He wasn't a fringe of the top 10 contender. He was a guy nobody knew who had a very low KO percentage, was undefeated, but had two draws. And Cash clearly won. I give him that. I mean, the guy, he won the fight. I, I didn't. I saw one or two people trying to make a case for Medea, and I just don't think he can do it. So Cash won. You got to give him that. But he got exposed. I'm taking that one as he got exposed. Any middleweight's weak, but still anybody with any pop at middleweight who sees that is just going to come out bombing away at him. And, and he just doesn't look like he's got the chin. Um, and, and he didn't show that much pop. So in other words, it's not like he's got tremendous power and he's going to cover for that chin by, by bombing guys out of there himself. So, uh, and he's not a defensive master. So uh, bad, bad outing for Felix cash and, and one that I'm going to put into the category of he got exposed. Uh, I, I don't think he is going to prove to be a legitimate top 10 contender. You know, there's all kinds of ways to, promote him and and Eddie Hearn certainly knows how to do that so forget all the alphabet stuff alphabet rankings belts but just in terms of real accomplishment in terms of how far he can go he's not going to be a legit top 10 guy from what I saw on Saturday so that so that was a bad that was a bad outing for him because some people were really touting him highly and some people who knew what they were talking about Uh, so that, that was bad for him and Johnny Fisher I hadn't thought much of but then I thought well let's be fair to the Brits, they have they have produced really the best depth of heavyweights in recent years, the best in their history, and certainly better than, you know, more historic heavyweight countries like starting with the USA. Uh, so they've been producing it. And, you know, even though we think of the Eastern guys, really the Brits have had the more top 10 contenders in recent years, legit. So I was thinking maybe maybe for that reason I got to take a little more look at Fisher. I was thinking this going into Saturday because he hadn't impressed me at all, and he looked terrible. So and then this time it seemed to be universal. I mean, even even people who kind of kind of like to cheer for him and stuff were like he 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 looked dreadful. I mean, he wasn't he was trying to box and he doesn't have boxing skills. And you know what I did see of him. In, in the first couple of fights, the best you could say for him was kind of a big guy, you know, with, with kind of some, some pop it looked like. Uh, didn't have a lot of skills or defense, but looked like he had that. But he, he was trying to box he was trying to box this guy, go in the distance the whole way and it 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 was ugly. It it did not uh, did not look good. He didn't even show the pop he had in the earlier fights. The the guy wasn't really respecting him. So uh you know, Fisher apparently sells very well uh and you know that's important as we all know so he's, he's got a big following already so we, we're gonna see we're gonna see more of him on these current cards uh but i was even trying to say well maybe maybe he's very young you know may, maybe can this guy make some kind of a run at it with the the good british heavyweight history in recent years and it didn't look like it on saturday so not not a, not a good not a good outing for Johnny Fisher either, but he comes in the country road, so I, I do I do like that about him. He's got uh, that going for him. He's got that he's got that going for him. He might he might get me watching him a little bit longer just just for that. So was that did did he go on last in? He went on. Did he technically? He went on right before the 
he went on right before. I'm thinking he went on right before, before the main, the main event. event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because some they, people they were like, test. "Why is he? Why is this fight?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, you know, he sells tickets." I remember a, yep. a couple That's of different right. interviews. I heard people saying that, so it makes sense. And sometimes if you put a guy on too early, you know, you, you have some people leaving because they're buddies with him, and you're like, ah, "I'm out of here. I don't care about the rest." You know that that happens yeah. even in a packed crowd. So. Yeah, so and that sucks. You, you know, you got a nice crowd, and all of a sudden, you know, the main event comes around, and it's like a fourth of it's gone. So, yeah, okay, I just want to clarify that. Yeah, good point, because that happens. But you're right. I, I wasn't even thinking it, Chris, but you're right. That's why he was on right before the main event. And you're, you make an excellent point. You're right. Those guys with those strong local followings or those fan base like that early – yeah, sometimes the arena clear, half the arena will clear out when those guys fight early and the fight gets done early. So if you're the promoter, yeah, you don't you don't want that. Yeah, I remember um, uh, Truax actually fought when the TV coverage was done, but nobody cared live. The three thousand people live, they're all pumped up. Uh, but you know, it would have looked pretty bad on camera uh, after that. Um, so obviously there is some fight news out there. Real quick, what's your thoughts here on Con Brook? I, I did see the gloves are off. I thought, you know, at times it was like, man, this kind of sucks. But other times I'm watching it and it got kind of funny. It kind of grew on me. The 20 minute, whatever it is, something like that, 20, 25 minutes, kind of grew on me. Um, but but what are your thoughts here? I mean, at least we're getting it on ESPN Plus and not Scott, you know, not any kind of pay per view or discounted pay per view or anything like that. But um, do you have interest beyond? Hey, I know these two guys fight, and I'm going to watch it. Um, or are you kind of like, I'm good. This should have happened a while ago. I, I'm kind of I'm good. This should have happened a while ago. But I like the only interest in it for me is the reasons you said, and I, I've been kind of talking this up and. Saturday was a good example of it. I don't think that was Hearn's main intent, but I think it could still be a building block where in boxing we definitely got to get creative. You know, as an East Coast U.S. boxing fan, I like that, you know, we get these cards from the U.K. in the afternoon and you got main events starting like, you know, 5.30. That's just like, you know, some of the glory days of boxing when you had those, you know, Sunday and Saturday afternoon fights on ABC, NBC, CBS. I, I, you know, I can stay up. It's not one of those things people like to like to joke, but it, I can stay up. But but I'm getting, and I see a lot of other people, young, old, all ages, getting like that too on the East. I mean, I don't oh, feel yeah. like being up to two two ten in the morning having main events in. So it ties in with with this Brook Con for me because, hey, you know what? I don't really need this fight. I think it should have, you know, it should have happened a while ago. It's past its sell-by date. It doesn't excite me on its own that much. But watching it at five o'clock on the in the afternoon on ESPN Plus, you know, sure. I, I can get into that. I can get into that part of it and just hope it's entertaining. And like you said, you do know the guys. They both, you know, were legitimate top contenders in their day. Uh, you know, again, for just forgetting about the alphabet belt stuff. Um, but you know, I mean that as a compliment. I mean, uh, so I'll be, wa- I will be watching cause I, I like, I like this where we're getting these UK fights in the U S and the East in the late afternoon. It's, it's a good time on a weekend. Uh, so I'll, I'll be watching and just, just hoping it's as good as expected, but 
not not as expected, but hope maybe better than expected. I meant to say, but uh, what what I neither guy can take a shot. I mean that's become obvious. Um, you know Brooks, to me, you know Khan has always had fast hands, a little bit of pop, not a lot, um, but he does have some. But but Brook to me when he's at his best, he would be too conservative within in fights where he'd be grabbing and and clutching and grabbing and then throw clutch and grab, but. What I what I did like about Kell Brook at his best is, you know, when the guy would not do the clutching and grabbing and just let his hands go, he does have good offensive skills and pop. I mean, I, I sure I, I felt that about him, and even now that part of his game I think still exists to some extent, which that's why I do think he's a worthy slight favorite in this one, and I don't think either guy can take a shot, but I would think that that Brook being a little bit bigger physically and having those offensive skills where he always had a little more pop and the offense was always good. I would think that that gives him enough probably to catch Khan before the end of it and end it. But I think these guys are both way past their best, no hope of contending again. Uh, both can't take a shot. So, you know, it's, it's really is one of those fights where it, it wouldn't be too good for either of these guys to, to take much punishment, you you would think maybe with their chins that they're that they wouldn't be standing there long taking a lot of punishment. But even even, even just to get KO'd, we we know it adds up. We know you're concussed. Uh, you know it doesn't add up things. So that's why I don't get crazy about some of these fights. Um, to me, sure. My perspective is, you know, the Brits are look. Some of them are looking at it a little differently uh, because the guys were both big names over there, even though, of course, American boxing fans know who they are. But I'm looking at this. To me, in terms of boxing competition, I look at this like a Victor Ortiz, Robert Guerrero. I mean, so that's what I think of it. I mean, like that, that when PBC put that together, like sure. this, yeah. Brooke Khan doesn't, that just, this doesn't do anything. Yeah. Brooke Khan doesn't do anything more for me than Victor Ortiz, Robert Guerrero, or, or, or you know, fights like that. I mean, to me, it's just that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch it, uh, hope get some entertainment. Nobody comes out of this thing too damaged. Um, but I, I would think with these two chins, you got to think there's a, a pretty good shot at a KO. Um, and, and I would think that Brooks probably going to be the one to get it. But I agree with what some people who like this fight say. I mean, I agree. I mean, you, you can't say even Amir Khan, you know, if he catches Kell Brook, right, he, he could – he can knock them out. I mean, uh, th- these guys are both faded, and the punch resistance is that bad. So, we'll we'll see. Get, we'll see what we get. But I look at us past the sell by date. What I hope I don't hear after this, which some people will always get deluded, then is like, if one of these guys scores a quick knockout or something, don't say the winner's a contender. Don't say the winner's a contender. You know, let's let's right. not have that. Let's not let's not subject ourselves to that delusion Saturday when this fight ends if, if one of these two guys ends it early. Yeah, Brooke, Brooke wants the Spence rematch or Khan wants the Crawford rematch, you know? Right, right. Like we, I, they're exactly. lined up for it. They, they were out, Mayweather was always ducking Khan. This proves it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, that's the kind of time-wasting stuff we don't need as boxing fans. And, and the promoters will be happy to give that stuff to you, too, if people start buying Oh, yeah. They got it on sale. They got it on the clearance rack. It's moving fast. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah. 
But, you know, and we get it. We get it. We get it. That's promotion. That is part of the deal. But it's our part to say, nah, no thanks on that one. And, you know, I almost forgot Munguia is Jaime Munguia is technically fighting this weekend. I, I almost forgot about that. Someone reminded me, um, and that is true, Demetrius Ballard, or I think it is. Um, yeah, I keep, but, I know, keep forgetting, uh, too. He's, he's fighting Ballard, and I keep forgetting it, too. And I like Munguia, but it just mm-hmm. does go to show you that it's not clicking yeah. with this schedule he's got because it keeps slipping my mind, too. I totally, I, I was kind of, I don't know what, I don't know. For some reason, I think it, I, I thought it was next weekend. But um, it is this weekend, technically. So, it, he, you know, it, the guy he's fighting, I remember the the Falcoa fight from a couple of years ago. That was a draw. Um, his last fight, Paul Venezuela Jr., I didn't see that fight. Looks like he won it pretty cleanly in a 10-rounder, but... This guy really hasn't, uh, you know, um, I don't know how much of a shot he has, per se. Um, that's for sure. I mean, he is a uh, anywhere from like a, I think the lowest is a plus 680 all the way up to plus 850. That's the highest I'm seeing on uh, pro boxing odds. Um, but I have seen this guy fight, and I do remember that draw. Technically, he is undefeated. He only has a draw. But when you look at his, you know, his resume, Alan Campa, you know, Luna, I remember, you know, looking at that fight a little bit. He he really doesn't have anything on his resume. I guess you could say that uh, Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi or whatever his name is, that was a draw. That was like a majority draw, I believe. I remember watching that fight or seeing that fight. And that was for the vacant NFBF, NABF. So, I mean, that was a big fight, John. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> just, just messing around. But, uh, but Munguia is a clear favorite here. And um, I got to say, ever since uh, you started calling in for your segment, sir, I am starting to see what you're seeing with Munguia. Now, you know, last fight out, he looked damn good, actually, very good. Um, he's up to 38. No, it is in this, you know, sometimes, I don't know. It's like how many more fights can he go before he gets a big, big fight? Obviously, Andre was there for a while. That's probably what, you, you know, that's probably the belt he's going to go after um, because Andre, well, is he, is he actually getting rid of that WBO or, or is he just going to stay at 168? I'm not sure about that. Uh, but I doubt they're going to give him much time to decide because he doesn't bring a lot of money in. But Munguia, it's time. It is time. You know, we know he's a young guy, but that was he's up to 25 now. So um, it's I think it's time to keep, you know, they have stepped him up here and there, don't get me wrong. But I have to admit, long story short, you have kind of opened up my eyes to this guy and what he's capable. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always I him early on when a lot of people didn't, you know, even I had liked him before they were talking about him for that Golovkin late sub, where you know I I was saying you know it ended up being terrible. They put Matt Erosian in there, you know, the commission turned down McGee Mungi, and I was saying this this guy can punch and he's got size. I, I'd rather see him throwing bombs, and you know, so I've liked him for a long time. Now, I, I've seen some of the down moments, like some people, 
have pointed out, but I think some people went overboard. But but I am now with what a lot of other people are saying, even though I'm a guy that's liked them, it, it is time to step up. I mean, this Ballard's not really what we would like to see. Uh, I thought, you know, even though Morales has made some technical improvements with him that I can see, I liked when his father trained him and he was real aggressive. I, I just thought it fit his style. So um, I'm always looking even now, even with these technical improvements, I, I like when he gets more aggressive and tries to get KOs. I think it, I think it suits his skill set better, you know, what he's got with the power. So, you know, for me, when he's fighting a guy like Ballard, you know, he went to business with Rosado, and we know Gabe Rosado's tough, and he was competitive. I mean, Dia clearly won it, but, you know, he didn't get Rosado out of there. You're sure you can't get everybody out of there. I mean, that's that's the truth. If you're going to fight tough competition, it's going to go long enough, but – I like I like him when he's I like him when he's more aggressive trying to get KOs. I, I think it fits his strengths better. So against an opponent like Power, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, I you know I thought he did a pretty good job of, of getting Sharameda out of there early like that. Um, you know he went in that one vicious shot on um, you know Torino uh, Torino Johnson. Um, got him out, you know, got him out of there pretty early, busted him up with it. You know, there's times he's done it, but then there's, you know, he always gets criticized for that performance. I thought Hogan was more in survival mode, but, but still to me, just letting Hogan go the route and, you know, in a, in a way, uh, you know, guy that, you know, zoo dominated recently, you know, th- those to me are guys that he, he, they shouldn't be going the distance with him. He should have gotten them out of there. Now, th- now they're a while back, but still, you know, we just saw Rosado go the distance, and he didn't drop Rosado either, if I recall. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he dropped Rosado either in that fight. So, let's like see a return of the power. Bauer's not too bad. Uh, you know, Valenzuela Jr. Actually, there's not too many good journeymen out there to me like there used to be. He, he actually is one of the ones that's not bad. But Munguia got him out of there in two rounds. That was probably the first fight where Munguia got on my radar screen because uh, Valenzuela as far as one of those guys go, isn't bad. And, and Munguia took some shots in the first round. I remember that fight, and then he bombed out in the second. I said, this this dude can punch. Uh, th- this guy's got something here. Uh, so, yeah, that's what Munguia did to him some years ago. And then, as you mentioned, Chris, he's going distance with Bauer. So that that's not too good for Bauer. You can't always go on all that. But let's face it, we use those things as barometers. So you would think Munguia can get him out of there, but I, I am with the majority of saying it's time. I, I think it's time to, I can't quite figure out what the holdup is. Why, you know, now Golovkin's going to fight, you know, this Murata, supposedly in the interim of fighting, you know, Canelo, why, why Munguia, Golovkin, you know, everybody does seem to agree. That would be a very entertaining fight. I mean, even, even guys that like, don't like Munguia say that, um, and, and like, Golovkin, you'll even get some people saying that. So, and, you know, they're both with the zone. I, I just don't, I just don't know why there hasn't been more urgency for that fight. Uh, you know, that that would be a good one for the fans. It'd be a good, be a good one for those guys because Munguia might be flawed enough for Golovkin to still beat him, but you know, Munguia might punch hard enough, and Golovkin might be old enough that uh, you know maybe maybe that would be Munguia's coming out party. So it makes it interesting, but they're not talking about that one. So. I, you know, we're, we're not stylistically it's a banger too I mean, yeah it, that, it, that'll it, just explode i mean that that's yeah that that, was, that, that's one thing that will be a good fight i mean that's almost guaranteed 
Yeah, it's almost guaranteed. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of fights that the fans want. So it, it is funny how certain fights that could be made just don't 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 get discussed or fall off the radar screen, and then then we get some of these others. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be like everyone though, looking to you know see if Munguia can can make that statement performance because like like you said, yeah, I agree. It's time. It's it's time for you know a step up other than this. So if you're not making that step up, you got to at least look very impressive and, and try to get that early stoppage. So that's that's what I'll be looking for. Yeah, definitely. And I'm getting a couple of messages. For the record, six four six three eight one four nine nine zero. Instead of just messaging me, six four six three eight one four nine nine zero. If you're listening to the browser. Well, by the way, there's 15 minutes left of the live stream out there, so who's ever listening on a browser, you got 15 minutes to transfer over to listen to the rest of the show. But a couple of people messaged me saying that we're being hard on Eddie Hearn and we suck up to the BBC. And, you know, the last month we've been talking about this goddamn BBC pay-per-view. So, I mean, you're just listening to today, this key right now. Yeah, we have been saying something about Eddie because he said it on camera. I've literally used the audio like months ago. He said it on camera. He likes being a cheering corner. He likes to have one side to cheer for. That That's yeah. fact. I mean, to be fair, in, in a scenario, most promoters do like to not match their guys, but in this, you know, and, and, and you know, I'll say this, like years ago, there's times when this show and others would say, hey, Bob, stop just matching in-house stuff, but we're in a different time. We're in yes. a split-up platform. I don't know how many times we've got to explain this to people. You're right. In-house fights were really bad, but you know what? That is as weird as it may sound to you right now, that's the most, fight, that's the, the most important fights to make right now is yes. what you got at the weight class bang them out, build the fighters. Like, if you keep, if people keep saying, well, you know, Plant and Benavides should fight, and Benavides and Charlo should fight to get the Canelo fight, cool, I'm with you, I got you. But then that means all these people should be fighting, therefore they can separate themselves and push the envelope and hopefully start to sell more tickets so you get on Canelo's or Gervonta's or whoever, uh, you know, radar. So... Yeah, today we're we're not being hard on him. It's facts. What we're saying is completely facts. He literally said it on a camera, not us. So, and, and look at his, what did he do at middleweight beyond the first year? I always give him credit for making Billy Joe Saunders and Andre, because Eddie has nothing to do with, and either Andre, of the inhaler thing, okay? That goes down as a made fight for the zone. It didn't happen but it still goes down as a made fight for the zone. Then they got the, um, the Canelo Jacobs and that's it. The, the, the Dervinchenko and Golovkin was a forced IBF. That's the only way that fight in, cause remember it was supposed to be Canelo, but Canelo's like, what? Or actually golden boy was like, nah, dude, we're not going to give you that much money. Even though the purse bid and the percentage splits was about that money. That's why they asked for it. And then they basically got that amount or a little short of, but still a lot for Derevchenko to fight Golovkin. But once again, when 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 top ranked PBC have a uh, a mandatory thing take place, they don't count that as the two sides working together. 
So I can't count that as, oh, the DAZN made that fight. No, the IBF technically made that fight in a sense. Um, so, but beyond that, he's been only asking for PBC fighters, for his fighters at middleweight and now at 168. And these are just facts, okay? These are just facts. Sorry. little side note there. I just keep getting these messages. Like I said, call in if you want to debate it. Six four six three eight one four nine nine zero. Okay, news wise, Cambosas, Loma, um, just a variety of stuff. Ryan Garcia leaving Eddie Reynosa, Reynoso to uh, to go to Joe Goosen. Um, Vito, it sounds like is back with Joe Goosen as well. A little sidebar there. Where, where do you want to? Do you want to? address any of this stuff you want to talk about any of this stuff here john yeah yeah i think that's a good tie in there uh, you know it was interesting seeing ryan garcia uh he's going to go with joe goosen who he had worked with some in the past and you know ryan garcia decorated u.s amateur uh you know eddie renoso of course is one of the top trainers now but I, I think with ryan garcia's background and joe goosen's experience i think ryan garcia can make this move and and it's not going to hurt him at all and uh, at the least So I, I think that's fine um, And then this is uh, As you mentioned this was literally Within the last couple of hours You know Vito Milmecki has Tweeted out and put on social media That he's going back to Joe Goose And he's going to go to California From Jersey to train with him That's a surprise because You know they were saying well the last time he was out there You know he's, he was young you know 17 18 But he's, he's, still a, he's still a pretty young kid He's from Jersey you know, he, he'd been with his present trainer for a long time, except for the little bit of time with Goosen. Uh, that's a surprise. I, I don't, I don't see why it would work for. And this is more of like a personal thing for Milmecki. You know, I, I don't see why it would really work and work now that it did in the past. You know, and and hey, humans, they all have their own personalities, and he's a young guy and stuff. If he if he wants to be in Jersey, you know, he wants to be in Jersey. There's enough. Boston, right. New York, New Jersey area, you know, Philly, that he can be here. So it's nothing against Joe Goosen. You know, Joe Goosen's a, you know, great Hall of Fame type trainer guy. And, you know, of course, big with PBC on Foxville and everything. So he's got a good profile there. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying Joe Goosen can't help him, but I don't see really what's changed there. One thing I did find interesting in what uh, Vito had out there and then, quotes from his father and you know his father's always been very tight with managing his career and from from him coming up as a teenager and the amateurs is you know we had talked about this on the show chris that you know you do see like but i don't know if this is the trainer really you know i'm, I'm i would think he'd been instructed it is, is what i like Vito and and you know he's, i still think he's a good prospect one loss but there, there is the times where he, he just loses punch variety. You know, he just starts going with that one-two, with the jab in the right hand, and in this, in making this switch back, there was references. I'm thinking it was Vito, but I think it was actually his father that was saying it. That, he, you know, he, he's got to, he's got to get, get to where he's going to work inside and you know work the body. And I, I think that's what they're talking about. You know, that, that seems to be to me his one flaw. When, when he really opens up with a variety of punches, uh, he, 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 really, he really looks good. I mean, he really looks good. And I think he can be what everybody thinks he might have the capability to be. But when he gets into just that one-two uh, and relying on that right hand, it, it, it just gets a little predictable. And, and he just doesn't put – he's not putting enough pressure on the opponents by 
showing them different things. So that seems to be why they're making the move. Uh, so if, if Joe's demand for that, I mean, I, I can understand that part of the reasoning because that is what he needs to work on. So we'll see. And I don't think it'll, uh, I don't think it'll hurt Ryan Garcia, but it's interesting that, you know, as far as the world of boxing goes, Joe Goosen is going to be uh, picking up two big names. And I don't know, you know, you did mention about the, say we're, we're built up the PBC too much. And one thing I've always given her, given her credit for is he puts on a good show. And, and I did tweet out during the show Saturday, and I mean this seriously in a positive way, her, he gets on those shows. He looks like he could be a broadcaster just as much as a promoter. And I think that's no an doubt. advantage. No it's doubt. It's an advantage to his promotions. I mean, he's, he's an excellent front man. And I, I think that gives his promotions an advantage. But with that said, you know, I, I since Vito, Vito Milnecki's name did come up and a lot of people hate Ryan Garcia too, for whatever reason, let's face it. But, you know, it, it's kind of like bizarre that you, you, you get these, you get these people that hate Milnecki and Spencer and the people that hate Bill Dickey and Spencer, like they aren't people that generally like PBC. They're they're people that hate PBC. They're, they're people that hate PBC. Yeah. And then just because Bill Dickey and Spencer are with PBC, they want to hate Bill Dickey and Spencer. Like it just it just uh, it came to buy where there was Bill Dickey news today. That's why I thought you know it's just bizarre. It, we 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 know why some of those perverse reasonings might be going on, but it's just funny to point out because you know. Right. He puts puts by Christmas night. I would have thought it would have been terrible, even though I want boxing to make it on free TV Christmas night. And it and it gets relatively speaking, it gets a huge rating. And then you you got people that hate PBC still hating these still hating these guys. I mean, it's just well, you know, if if Vito Melanecki was actually from Poland, we might have a little bit different viewpoint like not his blood but actually (laughs) from there i think maybe that would help him out a little bit i don't know maybe that'd be different but yeah you're right a lot of it has to do you know because you know he doesn't know how to build prospects he has no prospect he has no up-and-coming contenders Uh, (laughs) even though every every time he does a show there's layers of them on the undercard but Heyman doesn't know how to do it he has no prospects he he didn't sign anyone from the olympics so he must be screwed yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I mean. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you see it too. And yep. it's just, it's we. I, I mean, we both know why it's probably going on, but it's just it, the logic is, if you want to call it logic, if there is no logic, it's just, it's just bizarre. It's just really, it's yeah. Really under, like it's even really Don King, so so many people had so much to say about Don King for obvious reasons, right? But I never heard anyone. None of my drunken uncle, my grandfather, my dad's buddy. I never heard anybody go, I don't like that guy. He's a King guy. He's with Don King. I don't like that, that box. I never heard that. I never heard no. the people complaining about Trinidad on the other card. Or child, you know, right. it, it, it was just straight up fight. You know, I, I never. It'd be different it if a, it was like Tyson against somebody or something like that. Right. Uh but yeah, I never heard that. I never heard that in the past. No, it is a new thing. It is a new. It is a new thing. But you know, it, it's. But what I, what I think maybe, I think what maybe we all might be missing though is, you know, where there seems to be an opening. I've said this before, and you know, if you could figure out how to set it up, where maybe there's an opportunity being missed for all the promoters to make money is, and people criticize yeah. it is 
maybe you run with it. I mean, could you imagine yeah. in today's boxing climate if you had like Team PBC was fighting yeah. like Versus. Team Matchroom yep. or Team Top Rank on mm-hmm. this like card with like five fights in all weight divisions? Craig, the, the way right. the way we're at boxing today, it might be a massive, it might be a massive seller. It might be an absolutely massive seller. Let let the guys. It would shut down stuff. boxing Twitter. It would definitely <laughs> right. shut down boxing Twitter. I mean, I mean they would be let in the heaven. guys wear like you used to have the Kronk the Kronk gym had trunks. You could have like, yeah, right, all the yeah, PPC exactly. guys have their trunks, and all the bathroom guys have their trunks, and the top rank guys have their own design. I mean, I mean, it might it you might could align the arena. You, know, you could align the arena with it. You know, this is the PVC side. This is the top rank side. <laughs> That yeah, would be can hilarious. You that? That, that would be, I mean, you know, on the I, mid-level I mean, card, that might work on like a mid-level card too, like a small yeah. venue too, like to that level. Of course, you do the big fights too, but like, there is something to that. There is something. Yeah, I to think that, they might be. Know? I think they might be missing it. Like, I think they, they if they embrace that, and it was like, yeah, right. like you said, maybe maybe you do it on a mid-level first, like a. It gives you almost yeah. like a team boxing concept, like when you used to have the USA against the USSR, you know. Yep. So it's not really that crazy because for the think world of how popular that was. Su- it was extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Extremely popular. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So, right, yeah, that's yeah, very Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, you know, it might – I don't know. It, it might be something for – like, well, you make a good point. Maybe maybe try it out with a mid-level card first or something like that. It, it might And then sound. it's more affordable. And they are they, – like we've said before – these guys will work with each other when it is like, well, that's a mid-level fight. This is good for my guy. I'll send him over there. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, right. that would be interesting. Yeah, because then you say, let's do two of these, one on ESPN and one on, you know, so-and-so. So <laughs> right. you'd have to actually – you'd have to – you know, you'd need a damn mediator to do it, of course. But, um, but yeah, that would be funny. That would be hilarious. And then – you know, the, the the common boxing fan, not even the casual fan that is so hard to plug into, but even somebody that watches like an event a month or two events in a month or they they got six favorite fighters or whatever that they, they keep track of and then maybe something on the undercard here and there. But um, those people would have no clue what the hell we're talking about. And why are we so excited about this? I don't get it. Who's on this side? Who's PBC? I don't even know who PBC is, you know. It, but but it would it, you're right like on the showbox level like on the Friday night fights level um, the the older part of Friday night fights I should say but um, you're right that would be just on Twitter just to check it out that would be hilarious man and it would people would be losing their shit uh, cheering for it they would uh, uh, yeah that would be funny that reason there there might be there might be some gold to mine there that they haven't quite yeah. done yet. Any uh, any other items that you'd like to uh, talk about there? What, what do you think of just first thoughts of potentially that Combosis uh, Lomachenko fight? Uh, it's not a done deal, but it sure feels like it. I, I, I like here, you know, and I hope they're serious. And I think they probably are because this is where it's kind of good. You know, the, the one thing you can give U.S. boxing fans credit compared to some other countries is, you know, of course it does it, it doesn't draw as well as if an American is in like you have in other countries, but the U S will watch fighters from two other countries and it'll get some ratings. So why I'm saying is I think maybe because it's an Australian fighting a Ukrainian, 
you know, maybe that's enough to keep it off of pay-per-view uh, and we get it on regular ESPN in the U.S., but it's a big enough fight, and Lomachenko's made enough ESPN appearances, and Camboso seems like a guy that knows how to self-promote. That might get a pretty good rating. Um, they're talking, you know, the Coppinger report, which would seem to make sense. Uh, I always think you've got to think these out. You know, you've got to think of that U.S. boxing market, even though it's a big Australian fight, looks like they are, would be they work it where it's at a good time the next day in Australia, but it's on primetime U.S. on ESPN. I, I love hearing that part about it. Um, I think Cambosos, I didn't think it before the Lopez fight, but he sold me. I'm not going to change now. I think I saw enough there. I think it's probably closer fight than people are probably going to end up looking at it going in if it does come off. Uh, like, in other words, I think Cambosos, I'm not going to make a call yet, but I think Cambosos will have a better shot than people think because uh, he lets his hands go. Uh, Lomachenko is not a high-volume guy. He likes to have perfect spots for his shots, and Cambosos is not afraid to let his hands go. And even though they're not on Lomachenko level, he has at least already dealt with two kind of you know, defensive-type boxers in uh, Mickey Bay and uh, you know, Lee Selby, and he's fight a guy who has boxing skill in Teofimo Lopez uh, and fast hands. So, you know, he, he's kind of he's kind of prepared for this. And Lomachenko's you know, getting into his, you know, he's approaching his middle 30s now. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Lomachenko's going to be the favorite. But I think that Cambosos will have a better shot in this fight than people are going to think if it, in fact, does get signed. So from the American boxing fan perspective and the promotion of the sport, I love the idea that in the U.S. they're talking about primetime on ESPN, and it's good on a worldwide level for Cambosos to get a chance to, you know, defend the lineal lightweight title in Australia in front of a big live crowd. So uh, this is this this does have good potential. You know, there's people that would have liked to see Haney, and there's some people that would have liked to see somebody else. But uh, this does if this comes off the way you know, Mike Coppinger's reporting, it does make sense to me because, you know, even though Loma's had his, his uh, time at the top of the lightweight division, now he's getting another shot uh, to be the king. Still, this fight makes a lot of sense for those, you know, reasons that I'm describing. So I, I, I do, I do like it. Uh, I do like it in that way. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I have the thought process you know, us being a, a fan of the sport so long, beggars can't be choosy, and this is a good fight. Would I like to see Haney? Sure. If he fought right Garcia, would I be mad? No. The, the, I just want to see good fights on paper. And if this is what we got, this is what we got. We can't sit there, you know. Do I want Devin Haney to get a big fight here soon? Yeah. It does seem like, well, there goes that Eddie Hearn fella again. Um but, no, but, I mean, it does seem like he's been in position to be right there, and it just, the trigger hasn't been pulled, or, or maybe it didn't have enough ammo in the gun. I'm not really sure. I mean, DeBella did have some choice words to say um, on the offer, but, you know, we, we, we don't know. That's promoter talk, too. If we're going to talk Eddie, then DeBella might be talking circles, too. Uh, but, clearly, um, you know, the way they describe it as well, I think, and I'm not a big Mannix guy, 
but he did, and now I'm starting to see some backup of this, is, you know, Loma, and we don't know the money at all, So, but Loma's saying, hey, just get this done, and let's see what we got here money-wise, and, and I don't know who was asking for more, or who was going to get what, or we did talk about, Eddie Hearn did say something about, well, I'll take care of Devin's side, so we'll, so you don't have to worry about that, you know, which I thought, okay, that's actually a good negotiation process because, you know, it, he obviously demands a lot of money because he's been given it to him by the zone. So obviously he has a minimum and it's not small per se. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, but I, I like the fight. I, I like any of the, any of the top tier guys going at it. Like, like I said, beggars can't be choosy, but I appreciate you uh, stopping by and you uh, enjoy the weekend. And uh, have yourself a good night, John. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me. Been great to be on, as always. Yes, sir. Good to have you back. Take it easy. Take care. All righty. Great boxing mind there. And just to kind of clean a little bit or, you know, clean up some of the the weekend here, um, Showtime, or, yeah, Showtime on February 18th, Friday night, Showbox is on, okay? Um. Paul Kroll and Marquise Taylor in an eight-rounder. Um, Joseph George and Sean Hemphill. I haven't heard it. I haven't seen him. That's the 168 eight-rounder. But the Jermaine, Jermaine Ortiz against Nair Albright. That could be a really good fight. I don't have the odds for that just yet. Let me double-check if those have been updated of late. I, I didn't see the odds, though. But I have some interest in that one, no doubt about it. That, that Showtime main event, Friday night show box. Um, you may want to at least DVR that puppy. Let's put it that way. Uh, also, Natasha Jonas and uh, Chris Namas uh, for a 10-round vacant WBO, the junior middleweight. Charlie Schofield, people talk a lot about him. I see Vidal Riley. Does it, it's still TBA. There's four T. Well, hold on. This is ESPN. So I say there's four TBAs, but this is ESPN. There's four rounders too. I want to preference that. Um, but yeah, DeZone, Jaime Munguia and Demetrius Ballard in a 12 round fight. Also um, from Russia with love. No, um, Jorge Linares. Hold on. Lenar, this is for a WBC lightweight eliminator. Dulev in Lenares. I didn't know that was for an eliminator. It's a very, on paper, it's a 50-50 fight. But I did not realize that was for an eliminator at lightweight at WB, the WBC. Now, it says eliminator doesn't mean it's going to be called next. I realize that, but... That kind of threw me off. I don't know where that's going to be televised, but that might be out there. Just, just a heads up. Just a heady. It doesn't really sound right, does it? A heady? Like a heads up? Like a heady? No. Yeah, you got you to gotta try it. You know, you got to try it. Um, how is this? I remember this guy got starched by Haney. Uh, or got. Was that the one he starched? Or was that just the. No, it wasn't. He lost that fight. I, I remember the. 
I remember looking at the Barrio in London. I think I've looked at both those fights in Henry London, Hank London, Henry. Um, I remember looking at that to, to, prior to the Haney fight. Um, Dijon Sladetician, or however you say that, the dude who Mikey stopped real quick like at 135, that was his last fight in September. So, but him and Jorge Linares are fighting. Like I said, on paper, it's pretty close to a 50-50. Um, just because we were on the topic of this, um, Cambosis stuff and, 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 you know, all that type of stuff. Basically, you know, the news came. Now, it's not 100%, but like I said, every week we talk about certain news stuff or, or whatnot, and, you know, some of the stuff is half true, kind of true. I don't know. But this one, like I said, you got to use logic in this in this stuff, and this one does seem like it's legit, um, like it's going to happen. Um, Cambosis uh, set to defend lightweight titles June 5th with his June 4th here, and the sources say, according to Michael Coppinger, uh, that it's going to be Vasily Lomachenko. This will be the, from the Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. The front runner for title shot is Vasily. He's already agreed to his side of the deal. Um, that does include a rematch clause for a lucrative return bout in Australia. Um, now, you know, Cambosis promoter Lou DiBella couldn't be reached, which kind of tells you something. Um, this is an Australia football league. Um, the Marvel original was originally was slated to hold an Australian football league game that weekend, but with the assistance of the Melbourne government, stadium officials and league officials, the contest was moved to Friday. The venue is key. Marvel stadium, not only holds 53,000 fans, but also features a retractable roof June in the wintertime in Australia. That's a good call. Kind of forgot about that. So yeah. Um, and like I said, I want to half-ass report that Mannix stuff because I, I, you never know with Mannix. I'm just being honest. And this could be just shining him up, uh, Loma. But Loma, Loma, Lomachenko's message to top rank, and this could be coming right from Bob too, right, um, was clear. It was his message saying, get me the Cambosis fight. Whatever financial sacrifices Lomachenko has to make for wait a second. Whatever financial sacrifices Lomachenko has to make for a shot, become a four belt champion, he's willing to make. It's kind of weird how he phrased this tweet, but I don't know if that's the throw shade at Haney or if that's actually what happened. I don't know. I don't know. But it does sound like it's going to be broadcast here, and it just says ESPN. Okay. Now, as far as the, the Eddie Hearn Haney stuff, you know, Eddie Hearn was on the DAZN boxing show. Um, or I'm sorry. Uh, well, he was too. But DeBella. DeBella wouldn't divulge, and this is from BoxingScene.com, but I did see this because I subscribed to DAZN. DAZN or DeBella wouldn't divulge the details of the offer, counteroffer, but deemed Hearn's offer insulting, preposterous, ridiculous, right? Um, Cambosis is not under contract with the zone, but the streaming service and Hearn's matchroom boxing secured rights 
to his career-changing upset, you know, over Tiafimo. Here's some quotes uh, from Louis, Louis DePella, Lou DePella, I'm sorry, not Louis, just messing around. I made an offer first to zone because Eddie Hearn has nothing to do with my fighter, despite the fact that since before the fight with Tiafimo, he was trying to confuse people and act like he did. But I made an offer to him over a month ago within an hour of one another. I made an offer to both DeZone and Eddie. DeZone told me Eddie will counter the offer. Eddie countered the offer on January 28th with something that was beyond insulting. But I'm not going to talk about the detail, of course, um, of our details of our discussion because I don't believe negotiation is, you know, I don't believe in negotiating in the press, but he kind of is here. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to engage in the back and forth, but he kind of is here with someone who is just a bold fa- is just bold face lying. Um, so I made very fair offer to Eddie, and it was countered with something ridiculous. We've moved on, okay? And by the way, there's a lot of concern in Australia, even though Bill – there's a lot of concern in Australia, even though Bill and Devin keep saying they'll do whatever it takes. Okay, this is where I wanted to mention this, and this is kind of interesting, okay? Now, this is DeBella saying it, okay? I want to reiterate that, but he says um, they'll do whatever it takes. They've made it very clear they're not yet vaccinated, but they did say we will get vaccinated, but here's the thing. There's about to be a law put into effect potentially there's about to be a law put into effect potentially in Australia where you must be boosted not just fully vaccinated but boosted to go to an event so I mean the reality is made an offer is I made an offer weeks and weeks ago it was countered with something blah 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 Eddie goes around saying he never received an offer from us when the people who he does business with at the zone benefactories 100% know that he's not telling the truth. If I didn't see this in the article and writing, I would have kept my mouth shut, but he's lying all over the place and I had enough of it. I'm tired of, of all the happy bullshit. And you could quote that. I'm tired of all the happy bullshit. What the hell? Is that? It's kind of a weird way to put it. But anyway, um, and maybe Eddie's now, and I said, maybe now maybe Eddie's just, covering his tracks and making it seem like to Devin, hey, Devin, I'm trying everything. They don't want to fight you, you know, because a lot of talk about from Cambosa's side, even George Cambosa's himself saying, oh, DeZone doesn't want to pay for the fight, you know. But I also discussed two weeks ago that if DeZone's going to pay for the whole fight, then, you know, like, them wanting it where they want it to take place isn't weird either, right? Now, is this, you know, did the government actually help, right, the tourism uh, department and ESPN get on board with this one? Because it is going to be supposedly here uh, in ESP, on ESPN or at least ESPN+. Plus. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm not trying to – jump on Eddie more than we already have, but we really haven't jumped on him. These are Lou DiBella's quotes, uh, whether that's true or not. Um, but I can see the zone side if they're like, hey, if we're going to pay for the whole fight and we don't know for a fact what's up with Australia, 
Well, if you got to have booster too, and vaccined and you know booster the the whole the the gamut. I suppose if you did Johnson and Johnson, it'd be two shots, right? Because Johnson and Johnson's just one shot. But he does make a good point of well, you better get the shots going here. You know, you better get that in because you do have to take little breaks between the shots is what he was saying. Um, Now, is that a good enough point to say they didn't want the fight? No, I'm not saying that. But, um, you know, promoters will say stuff. And uh, maybe DeBell is just saying stuff. Maybe he's saying a lot of stuff that makes sense. Some of it does, I mean, you know. But I don't know. I mean, Eddie does have a way of talking out, you know, just like every promoter talking out the side of his mouth. I mean, just like this Amir Khan, Kell Brook, he was trying to make that fight. And now he says, oh, I won't even watch it because they're they're past their prime. Just, I'm saying and he recently was trying to make the fight. Of course, he's been trying to make the fight earlier, you know, a couple of years ago. But this fight we're talking about this Saturday, he was actually trying to get the rights to this fight. He was trying to put it together, but – he thought they were both asking for too much money, which I get on Eddie's side. But, um, you know, now he's quoted on saying, why would I watch that fight? They're all washed. Well, they weren't washed enough for you to try not to make it. So, I mean, this happens. This is what it is. I know some people message me. I'm sure they – I haven't checked it lately, but I'm sure they've done it again. And So I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on Eddie at all. And like I said, if you've been paying attention, you know, um, we've been destroying these uh, pay-per-views, you know, completely destroying these pay-per-views. So, and that's, PBC is Al Heyman. So, we can't destroy Al Heyman's quotes because he doesn't do interviews. So, what am I going to sit there and make up a quote from Al? You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. So, um, but anyway, that's that's the scenario when it comes to that. Like I said, I don't know if that throwing stuff was there, but as far as like outpricing themselves and all that, you know, we'll hear we'll hear a little bit more about this stuff. You know, I don't I don't know, but Devin Haney definitely tried to sign with Matchroom and Dazone and whatnot, or, or really just Matchroom. But you know, it was it was a great deal financially. He's still right now though a free agent technically, and. You're probably going to have to play ball. I mean, when Bob Arum said to Devin Haney right to his face, you know, the reason why you're not going to get the Lomachenko fight is because you signed with the wrong company. He wasn't joking. And, you know, that sucks. It totally sucks. But that is the business. So, like I spoke last week, Bill and Devin are going to have to make a decision here. And it may be... Well, let's say Lomachenko wins this stuff, right? And he comes away with the belts. Um, I find it hard to believe that he would pay that kind of money to Devin Haney. Now, you can make an argument that they just, you know, they did give Porter a bunch of money. So, now Porter has been a B-side on a lot of big fights, Right? national TV fights that went over, you know, $3 million. Um, actually, him in almost $4 million. I think it peaked at like three eight or something like that. But you know what I'm saying. Like, he's been that – he's fought Broner on NBC. 
you know, he, he's been in a lot of fights about Spence in front of a packed stadium uh, at Staples. So Haney and Porter are B-sides, but they're not the same B-sides right now. So, and I will also say this, the budget, you know, Lomachenko's uh, guarantee is not what Crawford's guarantee was with them either. So not, a, you know, not exactly anyway. I don't know it's exact, uh, you know, guarantee, but it wasn't as high, it would seem. But anyway, so, so I'm just saying, like, he may have to take a bit of a pay cut if they were to win. If, if Lomachenko has the belts, I doubt, and I'm just throwing a number out here, you know, four to five million. I don't know if I see them paying. Cause that's what the Porter said they got, five million. I don't know if I see him doing that again for that. Just being honest. And, and, and if you sign, you know, it, you may have to give him options. Like I said, this stuff sucks. I get it. It does suck, but I don't know. I mean, Eddie, they signed a billion-dollar deal. That's what they all – that's what he told us, that he signed a billion-dollar deal. Uh, well over uh, – the biggest budget, you know, per year out of anybody. It had been a good time to put that budget up. Now – is the you know is it earmarked for Canelo already? Is that the problem? Right, that is the problem probably because you know we talked about well how are they going to you know remember uh, Matchroom USA was on hold this summer and a lot of that had to do with Canelo and, and what what's he going to do in his next fight? So and and that matters on how much Matchroom USA spend in the U.S. It, it is based off Canelo at least. That's what Eddie Hearn and others have said, and that would make sense if you if you were able to get uh, Canelo for two fights on the zone and one of them's Golovkin, well then maybe they would be all in, you know, uh, to buy this fight. But it is what it is. Um, but like I said, do I want to see? You know, Devin Haney's not ducking people. Clearly, he wants fights. It's going to be t- his style is kind of interesting in a way of. You can hurt him, usually late in the fight, but you can hurt him. But if he's on point, he is, he'll win rounds off you. You basically have to hurt him and then stop him probably. Otherwise, he's going to win a lot of rounds off you. And that's just what it seems like. And that's a weird style. He's a super fast, big 135-pounder. Um, and he doesn't bring a lot uh as far as at the gate right now, you know, if he was creating a lot, like he's doing good for his age. There's no doubt about that. He really is. But I don't know. He just hasn't been able to get it. He's gotten some leftovers and I'm not trying to say Jojo D is all that's a leftover, but technically Ryan Garcia was signed to fight him. And that's where, you know, Devin's done really well, same with Eddie, to be like, let's let's make that deal happen. And I gave, if you weren't listening that day, I gave Eddie Hearn a lot of credit for securing that JoJo Diaz fight. That's an important – and he paid him more than what he was going to get for Ryan Garcia. So that turned it into a, well, I got to take this fight for Diaz. And that kudos to him. So he went above and beyond to make that fight, and he gets a lot of credit for that. But 
that opponent wasn't there for him until Ryan Garcia pulled out with a hand injury. And that's just facts. That's, I'm not saying leftovers, leftovers, but it is true. Like, you know, Ryan Garcia and Linares, weren't they lined up too? Um, so it's a different type of leftover. You know, I'm not saying that, but he's in a, he's in a, he's in the Boots Ennis uh, time, you know, not time frame, but, you know, category right now. And, and don't get me wrong, Ennis is way more exciting and he knocks people out. I'm not trying to match him up, but they're knocking on the door and they're just trying to kick that door in. But it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. So anyway, but like I said, as a law, lifelong boxing fan, you won't get me to complain about uh, the matchup Cambosis and Lomachenko. I'm not going to sit there and play favorites either. You know what I'm saying? That's just not me. I think that's a good fight, period. Um, Let's talk about, well, you know, we heard about that reporting from Coppinger last week that it was just a one-fight deal um, from the PBC side, okay? One-fight deal. And according to the promoter of David Benavidez, that's not true. That's not true, according to David Benavidez' promoter, Samson, and Samson Boxing, right? Now, he says, oh, no, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a combo deal. Like, David Benavidez is on the table, too. And on, and shouts out to theboxingvoice.com. And Ness, what's up, buddy? Loving this new look, loving the studio. Hopes everything's lovely. Um, but yeah, Samson revealed that Canelo was offered more. Well, I don't know about more than fifty million to fight his fighter, but my point is they're willing to put up that money. So they got a Charlo and Benavides on the table, or maybe it's individually. And he's saying, Hey, you can take this or you can take this. I don't know. But last time we were went through this gauntlet, like I said earlier in the show. We've heard a three-fight deal, right? Plant, Charlo, Benavidez. And if he could fight Charlo in May and fight Benavidez in September, that would be something. Now, what you won't like is what Samson said about a possible Boo Boo Andre fight and how we'd be willing to take less money when it comes to that fight, right? When it comes to the Canelo fight, we'll take less money than what people have been taking lately. But you're gonna have to out you're gonna have to pay us a whole lot to fight Boo Boo. What he said that came out of his mouth. Um, here's Jake Donovan a day ago about the Jamal Charlo release from jail. Okay. So he has March twenty eighth is his court appearance. It's the first court appearance. All right. So he was arrested and booked February 11th uh, with one count of third degree felony assault for which uh, of which he remained in detention over the weekend. Um, now, this stems from an alleged uh, that this incident that allegedly took place all the way back in September 5th over Labor Day weekend in Fort Bend County according to the police reports, okay? 
Um, this is what the affidavit alleges, the arrest. Charlo did then and there intentionally, knowingly, recklessly cause bodily injury to the alleged victim by punching or grabbing him by the hair. So this is what I'm telling you guys, okay? Did you just hear that, that charge? So he either punched or, or not and or, or not and, but he may have grabbed somebody by the hair. I don't know. He may have punched this person. Now, we hear about it's a family member. It might be just a household. Member of the family or a household. Is that a cousin? Is that a friend? Is that, I don't know. This is what I don't know. You know what I mean? I have no clue. Now, did they have this huge argument? Did did someone mess up over somebody? You know, did, did I don't, I have no clue. This is all alleged, though. But when you look at it, it's something that, and it goes on to say further, um, well, the matter was investigated and presented to a grand jury, and then this happened, right? And, and you know, he bailed out, like I said. Um, so he was, do-do-do-do. Uh, so it says, the arrest warrant was returned, blah, blah, blah. It usually, oh, a third degree county, uh, degree county? count which carries a, a two like a maximum of two to ten years in prison if found guilty the alleged incident in question would normally carry a misdemeanor charge for the first time offender but back in 2015 there was some sort of fight or some sort of you know he's being charged as a repeat offender because of 2015 clark county nevada like i said i don't know I really don't know what this is. They're, they're saying he may have punched somebody. He may have grabbed somebody's hair. It was a guy because they used the word him. Now, was it a longtime friend? Like I said, was it a cousin? It could be anything. It could be someone that was doing something, and he grabbed the dude. It could be Charlo doing something to the guy, and he's in the wrong, and it's going to be a settlement. It could be a real charge, or it's obviously a real charge, but it could be I don't know. It could be a lot of things. You know what I mean? So I really, when it comes to this stuff, I try to just keep it level-headed and not sit there and go one way or the other because a lot of times we see this stuff, just like that stuff that happened at the restaurant, and nothing happened. It was a complete bullshit charge. Or things happen, and all of a sudden there's a settlement because it's a minor thing, and it'll get settled, you know? And, and so I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to act like I know exactly what happened, but I will say this. The timing, it happened last September. The timing's funky. You know, when when did this person first go to the police and say, hey, you know, I got punched or I got my hair pulled by uh, Charlo? You know, when, when did this happen? And, you know, for this stuff to be happening right around a potential, him potentially getting his biggest fight that he's ever had and that he will ever have, and it has to do with a a household member or a family member or a cousin or I don't know who it is. That's a little personal. So there's a personal thing with this. It's a personal thing, meaning they either lived in the same household or something. 
or a family member, like I said, cousin, I don't know at this point, right? I don't know. But I'm just going to leave it right there because there's really no point in talking about this stuff like this because, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have no clue what it is. And March 28th could come around. He could plead not guilty. And they don't have the first, uh, you know, they set a trial date, and it's not for six months, you know. I have no clue. All I know is it says something about potentially allegedly punching someone or pulling someone's hair. No clue what else happened, and none of us do. So I'm not going to act like I do. Um, oh, someone said, watch the uh, McGregor Ruiz uh, round. Oh, you know what? I know what they're talking about. Was that the third or fourth round? Yeah, that was – I did actually see uh, – someone sent me the highlights, and then I, I went a little further, McGregor and Ruiz. Was it Lee McGregor or something like that? It's either the round three or four or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, what else we got? So we're going to go over some fight news. Then we'll get over a little bit of uh, of the boxing Twitter stuff. That um, that Ennis and Clayton stuff is still getting figured out. Um, I know that that they're, they're, they're I think they're pretty close. Um, oh, they ha- now it sounds like. As of a couple hours ago, they did actually reach an agreement. Ennis and Clayton, uh, the guy that most people thought beat Lipinet, uh, they've reached a deal for the IBF welterweight title eliminator that will take place in the spring sometime. We've talked about the potential for that. The winner will be the number one contender for the, the winner of Spence Ugas. Now, Technically, the WBA has a head start in that one, but it will lead to the belt one way or another. Um, And somebody was kind of pushing back. I actually just saw Jake Donovan said, this guarantees him a title shot and without having to contractually commit to the PBC unless he absolutely wants to, while getting another healthy payday on Showtime. Not sure how any of this is a bad thing and, and you know, you got to grind your way. You know, you got to grind your way to what you got, and you got to put yourself in a position. And this is good. It's a good way for him to, um, you know, put himself in position. Okay, somebody just some, – I'm going to go over this message a little later. Um, according to Bob Arum from IFL-TV, he's confirmed the three-belt unification between Arturo – Better be a Beecher BF and Joe Smith. It's a done deal. It's going to be in the garden. And I, I, I don't know if that's the big room or theater, but at the end of June, Beecher BF and Joe Smith unification. Yes, sign me up for that. Love it. Okay, also, Tony Harrison and Sergio Garcia have agreed to a fight 
at the 154-pound limit, of course, April 9th in L.A. on Showtime. That should, I think that'll be the co-feature for uh, Lubin in uh, Fundora, which that would that would work for me as well. I would like that. I would like that a whole lot. Yeah, that, it does sound like that, that night. Lubin in Fundora, which is a great fight. And Ennis and Clayton might be on that one, too. If they have those three fights on it, on that card, that would be a great, great triple header. Great triple header. And by the way, since we've last talked, it is official. I don't remember if I if I said this last week, but it's official. The first unification at 130 pounds since two will be crowned in lessons to draw. Um, Beldez and Stevenson, baby. That's a good fight. See, this schedule, man, is really really starting to heat up. Um, By the way, we did ask a question about, well, since Showtime had picked up on pay-per-view, had bought the uh, Spence Ugas and outfitted Fox for it, did that mean that, you know, that Canelo's going to take the DAZN deal? Well, um, Steven Espinoza actually, uh, a couple days ago, address that he says the two are the two are not uh, the two are unrelated no issue doing both so um there you go there you have it um oh here's a <laughs> here's a quote from amir khan from sky sports amir khan on kel brook i don't think kel has a chin or could take a good shot i think his punch resistance is gone literally gone i honestly believe He's doing this fight just for a payday. You know, like I said, for him to talk about this chin stuff, eh, I don't know if I'd go, I don't know if I'd necessarily go down that path. Um, because, you know, the chin stuff. It's a, it's a, I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know if I'd do that. Okay, Ryan Garcia, oh boy. Okay, I actually saw this yesterday. Someone just sent me this. Ryan Garcia on Gervonta Davis. You're on Gervonta Davis. Basically a fight with Gervonta. You're not a bigger star than me, dude. I'll suck up my ego and say 50-50. That's what he said. So reading from this, he says, and no, you're not a bigger star than me, dude. Do not say that. I'm probably more of a star than you. But you won't admit that, so I'll suck up my ego and do 50-50. To make the fight with Davis, I would definitely, on some stuff, suck it up. Like, shit, okay, will you give, we'll give you that. I won't be like Marcos Maidana and not be using gloves that I want. He won't make me do that, that type of stuff. No, he won't get on that, but 50 50-50, even though I should be, deserve a little more, I'll definitely take 50-50. That's probably, he said probably now. He said probably the lowest I'll take. He shouldn't have said probably. That's all I'm going to say. Another quote, one more quote. When I fought my fights, all I had all COVID capacities. I sold out every COVID capacity. We're going to see, you know, in San Antonio he's fighting, kind of a get-back fight. We'll see what they do at the gate. Um, I know that I've sold out every other place I could sell out. So he said, 
When I fought my fights, plural, fights, I had all COVID capacity. I sold out every COVID capacity. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. How many COVID capacity, like what? So he had the Luke Campbell fight in 2021 at the beginning of it. That was COVID. But then Francisco Fonseca, that wasn't COVID. That was in, actually, (laughs) speaking of, that shit's happened already two years ago. Because remember, that was the Valentine's Day. And he did well at that venue, but it wasn't COVID. February 14th, 2020 was most definitely not a COVID fight. Because why? COVID didn't pop off here until mid-March. We didn't shut down until mid to late March. So when he says all my fights were COVID, he did one fight, Luke Campbell, that was like limited capacity. But other than that, his, his only fight beyond that was, was the last fight before COVID. Yeah, because he didn't fight the rest of that year. Yeah. So his last fight was right before COVID, and, and like a week or two after that was the Wilder Fury Part 2, and we know that wasn't COVID. We know that didn't get COVID because they did a huge crowd there. So right now, star-wise, you know, Ryan Garcia has the potential to be a huge draw at the venue as far as creating gates and on pay-per-view, no doubt. But right now, he hasn't done it yet. Whereas Tank can fight people that people don't even know and do three, four million at the gate. So he has a lot of subscribers. He makes, or not subscribers. Well, he does for YouTube, but you know, followers on Instagram. And he makes money off that. And kudos to him. I always give him credit. I don't give uh, Golden Boy credit for what Garcia did on his own platform. Now, where I give Golden Boy credit is obviously. They signed him. They were smart to sign him. That was a big, big smart move. So, anyway, okay. Um, by the way, Portland, 503, buddy. If you want to jump on, let me know. There's about 10 minutes left of the live stream. If you want to jump on, feel free. If not, that's cool, too. I get it. So, somebody messaged me saying, Charlo is a thug and broke the law. He shouldn't get a Canelo fight. I think Canelo will put his foot down and not allow it because he's a criminal. But hold on now. And this is what I mean by jumping on sides just because. We don't know if Charlo, you know, did a major thing here or not. We don't know yet. But what we do know, and and it may end in a settlement. The reason why I bring up settlement Because, you know, not crazy long ago, it would just take a Google search. But remember, when Canelo, there was a, there was a, like a, I can't remember how many, how much money, but it was like at least like five or eight or nine million dollar lawsuit from uh, Solis. Remember that Solis fight? Canelo, or well, I, I don't know if it's, but it was a street fight, and they, they, he reached an agreement with him. It was a, you know, it was a lawsuit, 
in the both both sides reach a settlement. It was literally, I'm almost positive TMZ. Um, you know, you can go go TMZ Canelo Solis Solis, I think it is. So you're here calling, you know, him a thug, and and Canelo's going to put his foot down. Well, he did, didn't he put his foot down allegedly on some lightweight or no, not even lightweight. That dude was real little. So I mean, you know. I guess that doesn't count because it was in like 2016 or something like that. I, I don't remember the year, but it was in that anywhere from 2014 to maybe 2016, somewhere in there. Maybe it was 2015, but somewhere in there. They settled. They settled. There was a lawsuit against them, and clearly this isn't a lawsuit. Maybe it's going to be, maybe not, but I'm just saying like he allegedly was – had a lawsuit saying he beat up this little guy boxer wise and they settled. Now did did Canelo wanna drag his name through court and maybe he just said, you know what? Let this headache go away? That could be. It's a settlement. We don't know. But could it be that he, he, he messed up and he just settled it? We we've seen that so many times. I'm not picking on Canelo, but I'm just saying you're telling me Canelo's going to put his foot down because, but because uh, Charlo's a criminal. That's what you said. That's what you messaged me. But then, so what? What was that? Or don't you know? Because you just started liking Canelo, or did you blind yourself? Which one was it? That's all I'm saying. Which one was it? Um, we just have. Okay, so here's a little boxing Twitter, and I'm about to go to Portland, okay? Since Cambosis won the belt, he became the most called-out boxer besides Canelo. Facts. If Loma beats him, it'll be interesting to see if the energy is the same and how many fighters still want to fight for those belts versus Loma. That is interesting. I do believe Haney wants it, um, because a lot of people will say that. Notice all the lies they told on Devin. DeZone doesn't want the fight. He's pricing himself out. Instead of putting the blame square where it belongs, Eddie Hearn can't deliver a fight for the boy. Also, what's best for boxing would be the franchise mess at 135 being straight there. Okay, if I'm a, U- oh, if I'm a UFC fan, I know sometimes up to three months in advance who's on a fight card and where it's taking place. You can plan accordingly as a fan, rally the homies, save, book, travel, etc. A lot of these boxing events announced uh, are pieced together at the 11th hour. Not good. That is true. And you know what? I've noticed that it's gotten more like that since the pandemic, too. That's a really good tweet. All right. Let's go out to Portland, Josue 503, and let's get it in. Portland, man. Good to have you back on the show. It's been a couple of weeks. What's going on, my friend? Hey, yo, yo, what up, what up, Chris? Hey, I'm doing good. Here in cold ass Oregon, still winter. Uh, 
But it's still, you know what I mean? But a lot of boxing, like you said, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. But I hope you're doing good, Chris. How's, how's everything, brother? Everything's damn good, man. Pretty damn oh, yeah. good. I, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this schedule filling up, no doubt about it. Yeah, bro. H- hella stuff. Hella, hella boxing has happened. Uh, if I could review a little bit of what's happened of the past. Uh, if I could say something. Uh, um, yeah. I bought that uh, the Keith Thurman Barrios uh, real quick. Uh, I bought it. Um, I supported it. Uh, you know, obviously for uh, I was supporting Barrios. Um, I thought it was a big opportunity for him. Uh, I, I obviously he moved up in weight to get, you know, to take a fight on with Keith Thurman. Um, so, uh, but the fight was good. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was solid for Keith Thurman. Looked strong. I thought one thing I thought I thought I thought he grew some muscle. I felt like he didn't look off, you know, uh, more thinner. I thought he he must like he he looked more muscular in the fight. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he went the distance with Mario, uh, Mario Barrios, Mario, if I could say something, man, this is two punchers in a row. Uh, he has nothing to, you know, he has nothing, uh, to hang his head or head. You know what I mean? Like he could, he could really, yeah. this is the two, two losses in a row, but I mean, these are two tough ass fights in a row and, uh, he's going to grow from this. Uh, and, um, you know, one thing, if I could be a little critical, uh, of him, um, you know, he, he likes. Uh, you know, he likes to say he's the Azteca, you know, he's the Azteca warrior, the Mario Barrios, right? Um, I believe he, this is just me saying, but I would love for him to, to trade trainers. Um, I just believe uh, Virgil Hunter was more of a, you know, Andre Ward, you know, let's box. Um, I, but I think I just, I, they have to let the beast out out of him. Uh, uh, Mario, what I'm saying about Barrios, the, the Azteca warrior, you know what I mean, get that you know, go for blood. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, somewhere, someone that's going to be, uh, teaching them how to like, you know, just be more hungrier. Like, I don't know. That's just my take. But, um, uh, but like I said, Keith Thurman looks strong. Uh, he moves up he goes, you know, he, he, I hope, you know, I hope he fights, uh, like he said that later this year, man, I hope he doesn't go on hiatus. And, uh, there's some, there's some numbers that came out about the pay-per-view. I want, I don't know if they're true. I never, I never know if they're true or not. You know, they're, they're always just, you know, I don't know if they're hating, but I bought it. So, but I just want to say, I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't buy the, the, uh, the, the last PBC, uh, pay-per-view, but, um, so it was, you know, I thought it was good. And also before, uh, on the undercard, um, uh, Vargas Jr. Man, uh, that's who I was really excited about. Uh, on this card, obviously he wasn't on. The, he wasn't on the main card, but he was like on the opener over there on the um on the YouTube uh, opening card of the of the pre- preliminary cards. And uh, you know that kid looks, dude, he's solid, man. I really like that kid, man. Um, if, if I could say one thing, man, his dad, uh, you know, his dad is the one that kind of captured me into boxing. Like he got my attention when I remember the uh, the whole Trinidad uh thing was going on and i, I remember i remember yeah. buying it the the family i was just a young kid and but i remember ever since that i was like oh vargas like you know what i mean uh, like fernando vargas was always my my favorite fighter growing up so like it's cool to see uh his you know younger sons getting into this and i believe man they're superstars just waiting to happen i mean they're so flashy they they're so uh they they talk right everything that they've been saying uh they're uh their skills, their, their, their YouTube stuff, everything seems good. I've been following their uh, YouTube channel, and it, it's pretty, you know, they, they seem hungry, man. They know what it's about. They know uh, what's on the line. Um, their, their dad has been there coaching them. Um, you know, Fernando Vargas, he's been teaching them his, you know, what he's, what he's learned throughout the years about, you know, growing up in boxing and, you know, all that. Um, 
So I really like this, man. I really like all the sons, the three sons that are in the box in there. You know, I just feel like they're going to be superstars later, man. No doubt about it, man. These are, these guys are the something to watch, something in the future. They're going to be something, I think. Um, and uh, but uh, I was going to say too, man. The little one, uh, uh, Emilio. He's uh, for everybody. Uh, he's going to be turning uh, pro. Uh, I think his pro debut on the under. Some, I, I believe on the undercard of uh, Canelo because they said that he mentioned something about uh, the. Um, being on the undercard of Cinco de Mayo, so I mean, obviously, that who who, who bigger than Canelo, right? Um, so uh, that, that's what I that's just my opinion. That's what I think. But um, but yeah, man, I would I would say, man, follow uh, give a follow to these uh, kids, watch them train. Uh, it sucks that uh, his other uh, his other uh, son was supposed to be on the card, um, Amando uh, Amando Vargas, but he didn't get to fight. Um, but man, Fernando Vargas Jr. looked good. Obviously, he got the he got the stoppage. Um, but man, yeah, these guys are something to look forward uh, forward to. What I'm saying, and um, um, and also, uh, what do we got? Also, all oh, the uh, Amanda Serrano. I like how that fight is made. Uh, I love also too. I can say something. The press conference is cool because uh, Amanda Serrano. I love how she brought up the the three minutes. Let's go. Let's go like the men. And you know me, Chris. I've been always asking for that for a long time. Um, and I, I love it. Also, if I could point something out, Katie Taylor looks spooked like just she looks so like you know scared when she heard three rounds you know like three like three minute rounds like she i don't know there's something about that you know um i don't know maybe amanda serrano i'm kind of leaning towards serrano in this one she seems a little bit more tougher um in this fight uh so i i that's just my take but i love how amanda serrano brought it up uh in in the press conference but obviously the, the, the obviously i i i think the the contracts already signed so i don't think uh you know they could change anything, you know. But uh, obviously, uh, but I would like, you know, what I'm saying. I hope, I hope someone goes three rounds, uh, you know, uh, in the future in this uh, in this year, you know. Uh, yeah, you gotta got get also it with to, the commission uh, first, too. You know, you gotta make sure yeah. you can't really put it in contract if you don't know the commission's mm-hmm. gonna do it too. You know, but that's right. That's the state. We know damn well mm-hmm. you can find a commission that'll do it. You know, because the right. commission, yeah. th- there's always a commission that'll do stuff, right? Yeah, hell yeah, man. And uh, obviously, man, the, you know, it's all about money. It's all about leverage. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you, I'm sure the promoters, you know, they understand everything. So, And also, too, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Jaime Munguia, uh fights this weekend. Obviously, you know, I'm rooting for him. This one is kind of under the radar. There's not a lot of promotion, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I forgot, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I totally forgot. Nothing. I thought it was next week. I thought it was next week. No, and I looked just, and it's, like, oh, shit, that's right. It's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this one really fell out. You know, it's just it, hardcore fans know it. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, like, not a lot of promotion. I, I've never heard of uh, uh, Ballard. So, but, uh, obviously, I feel like he's going to come in tough. Um, you know, uh, this is that middleweight. I like how, I like how he's with, uh, Eric Morales. Uh, Eric Morales seems, uh, you know, I, I like him, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I watched, you know, he, yeah. uh, him growing up. So, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Eric Morales is, you know, a good trainer. So he, I, I like the, 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 you know, that combination. Like it just seems, it seems fitting, but also too, uh, what I was going to say, uh, Ryan Garcia, man, um, the, the news about Ryan Garcia, uh, with, you know, leaving Canelo, the Canelo camp, dude, man. I, I hate to say this, but that was such a wrong move. Uh, I couldn't just, take you know, the that, heat. That's, I, yeah, I just, I don't think he liked the criticism that Canelo had said about him. That's just my take. Um, obviously, the kid is young. I just, sure. you know, they, this was such a good team for him. I, I just believe so. Um, 
man, like, this, like such a like. What I hate is like, man, if you could put yourself in his shoes, like, man, like, man, like, what a team! Like that, that team is just a bunch of killers, you know. Like the the reputation, you know, the Canelo's, the pound for pound, you know, like, man, this is, yeah, man, Mexicano, the, you, you got like the Mexicano support, and now. Mm-hmm. He fit perfectly, man. The only thing is that he didn't. He, I don't think he knows any Spanish. You know, like I think it's like very poor. Yeah, you're um, right. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing. So you know what I mean? That's perfect. the only. He's yeah, very. Right. He's very Americanized. Um. So. Uh. But he, that. That's my only take on it. But I, I believe he under. He understands Spanish. Like I. You know what I mean? Like I. I under. I, yeah. He, and you know what I mean? So every time they talked, I'm sure he and understood you can everything. See he made but, improvements. You know, he could see yeah. he made improvements. Very improvements. You know, after mm-hmm. I, yeah, so it was he understood enough. You know, definitely, man, because he was he was looking sharp, man. Like he was looking good. I mean, he had a test with uh, Taylor, um, so it, but he came out. I mean, he came out looking good in that one. So, uh, but man, I just believe he made such a wrong move in this one, man. And going with, with to me, Joe Goosen is cool and everything, but I just feel he's got a full time job. Like he, you know, he's a commentator now. He's uh, the the Fox. He's there. You know what I mean? Doing interviews. Um, you know, I, I just you know, it's just, not a full time job. That's my though. take. But it's not a full time job. They they do oh, a show a once job? a month. It's not a full time job. No, Goosen's been a trainer for. For decades and decades and decades, so he, he he's a tough son of a gun. It won't be an easy camp or like anything like that. But but to your point, I, I hear what you're saying. It did seem like what are you afraid of what Canelo said to you? You know, like why can't you take that criticism? You know, thing good about Joe Goosen, man. I just believe he's gonna he's gonna toughen them up. Like I believe uh, Joe. You know what I mean? Joe Goosen is gonna. Really uh, right. toughen him up, and uh, you know what I mean. Like uh, that—that's just my take. Because we all like I, I, Joe Goosen's got a good reputation. In my take, um, you know, uh, obviously I, I I feel differently because he does, he does have that kind of the, uh, the other job. But I just feel like uh, that uh, you know he does have a, a really a real tough reputation with when when it comes to training. Um, I know he's not a slacker. Uh, he's had uh, fighters. Uh, like um, you know, I can't even name them all, but you know what I mean. We we've seen his fights, you know. We've seen him there training. Um, uh, he's he's no pushover, so you know. I mean, I just hope, you know, maybe uh, you know, the, this he knocks some sense into this kid, man. And uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm rooting for yeah. Garcia, man. You know what I mean? I, I'm definitely rooting for him. Uh, you we know, need it sounds him. like I'm kind of bad. We need him in the sport. We man. need him, yeah, yeah. We need him in the sport. Yeah, man, definitely. I agree. I think he's good for the sport. He's a man. name. I really do. Oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely flashy. a name and everything. And I, he brings in the females. I mean, oh yeah, I like the kid a lot. He may say some silly stuff, but everybody says silly stuff, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I just, yeah, I just, you know, he's got a fight coming up uh, up against. Uh, I, 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 geez, I don't know, I don't know his name, uh, but I know he's got a fight up against somebody. Uh, but I'm sure the other guy's gonna come in tough. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a chance for him to, you know, <laughs> you know, to to make a name for himself. So. um but man, uh, just, you know, with Ryan Garcia, man, uh, let's see what happens, bro. Let's see what happens, and you know, hopefully, hopefully he stays busy, and uh, you know, and uh, just you know, I send a positive vibes out there. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm, it seems like I'm bashing him, but we, like I said, we need him. Like, like these are names. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, hopefully, 2022 is big for him. So, but uh, so yeah, man. As far as that, yeah, man. But as far as that, don't have uh, too much to say. I know, uh, just uh, we got Hyman Munguia. Um, coming up this weekend, uh, Demetrius uh, Ballard, or yeah, Demetrius uh, Ballard, <laughs> if that's his name. Uh, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's stay tuned to it, man. And also, Chris, uh, 
Also, Chris, man, uh, I was I was wondering. Uh, did did you, obviously you got to see the Super Bowl, man? But uh, I was gonna say, did you uh, real quick? Like, did you think it was funny seeing uh, Fifty Cent? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if you got to see that uh, Fifty Cent um, hanging upside yeah. down. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, see like that real quick? Yeah, like the video, like yeah, yeah. It was like a, yeah, it yeah, was but... homage to the in the club video when he was in the club video. He was hanging upside down. Yeah, I don't know, man. I thought it was I thought it was funny just because you know it's kind of you know overweight there. So I I don't know that was just the you know I thought it was hilarious, but I just wanted to mention that real fast. But anyways, Chris, uh, let me uh, let me get out of here, bro. Thank you for having me on, man. Viva Ropa Dope Radio, Viva Mexico, cabrones. There you go, and we're about to shut at any second. This thing's gonna shut down. So enjoy the fights. We'll be back uh, next weekend, and we'll.